Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Bataround. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He's my co-host and producer, Zach Goodman, back after a week hiatus where he went out to Utah. Hey, Utah, give me two. Give me two. Wow. That didn't start like I expected it to. These, these, these <laughs> things are so good, I should have had you get me three. Do you know the movie reference? I do not know the movie reference. Point Break. Point Ke- Break. I've never even heard of that bro, movie. Bro, bro. Bro, what is this? Who's, who's in this movie? Cut the music. Cut the I music. I will cut the music. Cut you got the, it, Paul. You got cut, it. Cut, cut the music. Cut it early. It is Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Okay, I know who that is. Star Wars. The Sways. Okay. Star, did you say Star Wars? Yeah, he's in Star Wars. Like a couple of the New Orleans. I mean, I is he? Yeah. Keanu Reeves is in Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm like 100% positive. He's the dude with the black hair, long hair. Like, I'm not a movie guy, but he's everyone knows He's in John Ke- Wick and The Matrix. He's not, he's in Star Wars? I remember him in The Matrix. That was like, what, ni- 90s movie? Somewhere around there? Yeah. When, he's in, a- when in the blue hell? Now, look, I will, I will be the first to tell you. If I'm wrong, everyone can laugh at me. I will be the first to... They're all going to laugh at you. That's another movie reference. I hope reference. they do. They should. That's uh, Carrie. My dad says he's not in Star Wars. He's so. not in Star Oops. Wars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry, sorry to misinform oh, the public. You're, you're thinking of that dude. The, the, oh, the guy that looks like if you tried to draw Keanu Reeves from memory. That's. What, no, I don't know who you're is, talking about. What is that guy's name? Um, who is the guy who looks like you know Keanu? what? I, I I remember the Matrix now because I hated that movie. I thought it was terrible. It was just um, corny. Uh, but yeah, that's Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yeah. No. So all right, let's. I just saw this one. Is there a circle that goes around this building? There, there must be. She's You're funny. You're funny. What? You're funny. Why? What? It's like how the ma- in the Matrix, the black cat goes by twice, and that's how they find out they're in the Matrix. It's a Keanu Reeves reference. Oh, I didn't even realize I was doing oh, it. Nice. I didn't realize. I, I do it. It's been so long since I've seen the Matrix. Um, but well, that, they just that, came out with a new one too. It's like a 2021. I, apparently, I, I'm looking this up. I saw that one. I saw that one. It's um, it's interesting. That woman, she no, she walked by on the pathway. I've never seen. I didn't realize that this, that there's a circle path that goes around this building, uh-huh. and she walked by the window twice. That's weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, back, maybe, back to maybe back we're in the to Matrix. Point Break. Keanu Reeves. Okay. The Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yep, I know who that is. Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Crazy man. And, um, Lori Petty. Who? She plays Kit in A League of Their Own. Okay. So um, I do. The, the, the I remember that sister. character. Yeah. Um. And Anthony Kiedis, the Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer, he plays one of the um, the rival gang members, and his big line would be, "That would be a waste of time." He's like, "This is where <laughs> okay. you, where Keanu, like he's circled by all these the surfer gang, and they're like." They're like gonna beat him up. He's like, "This is where you guys tell me that this is locals only and tourists suck." And Anthony Kiedis goes, "That would be a waste of time." And then they beat the crap out of him. Um, Anthony Kiedis at one point in the movie shoots himself in the foot, and it's uh anyway, anyway, uh, anyway. So, so Point Break is a movie where Keanu Reeves, he is a former standout college quarterback. Okay. Okay. Named Johnny Utah. John Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah, and he blew out his knee. Uh, in, in the championship game, right? As one does. And so now he is a detective in the FBI. I am an FBI agent. That is a line in the movie. Interesting. And um, so there, there's this string of bank robberies, but they only happen during the summer. So Gary Busey, he's this like older detective, and they're like trying to like push him out. Um, John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. He's in the movie as like the boss and all that, and you hate him, and he gets knocked out by Gary Busey at one point in the movie. But anyway, um, 
they like nobody. I love how well you recall this, uh, dude. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. You would hate it, but it's one of my all-time. favorite I, I would hate you would it ab- naturally. Yeah, you would absolutely no. You would. You would tell me it's the worst movie you've ever seen. That <laughs> okay. is not. It's not. Well, then I'm gonna mind. watch it tonight. Uh, you should. I'm gonna go home. And There's that's two. The they they remade it in like 2015 or something okay. like that, but it sucks. The original is the classic. Um, so anyway, it's this movie. And it's these string of bank robberies that, ha- that all happen during the summer. And Gary Busey, nobody wants to listen to him because he's the old guy and he's, they're trying to push him out. His theory is that, are you looking at your watch? Yeah, I'm reading my dad's texting me about how wrong I was about Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I know, he's, telling I know. Me, he's telling me about Ted and Bill's adventure or Bill, something Bill like that. Ted's, Bill and Ted's. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> um, and his theory is that the bank robbers are surfers and that they rob these banks to fund their endless summer. And okay. it turns out he's right. Wait, this is the FBI guy, or he's Gary, like, he's like investigating is, this? He's, okay. in, he's in the FBI. Right. Patrick Swayze plays Bodie. He's got these long, flowing golden locks, and he's just like he's like the guy that everybody wants yeah. to be. Yeah. They're all surfers. I'm not going to ruin the plot of the movie. You can probably figure it out. Go. Uh, Johnny has to pretend to be a, a, a novice surfer who just who infiltrates Patrick oh, Swayze's right. gang. Got it. Got it. Dude, I love this movie. I love this freaking. It's probably so my all-time it, favorite is, movie. Is Point Break like the name of? You know, after a wave, because waves break, and at the yeah, point, it point breaks. Break. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Point break. Cool. Keanu Reeves, watch it. You'll probably regret it. I love it. Okay. You, you should have had Matt Pine on for this segment. I could have given him a call and could have had him I talk mean, movies. since we. You could. I guarantee Matt Pine yeah. knows that movie. Oh, I guarantee you he if does. You, Matt Pine has seen every movie in the entire world. Most guys my age love Point Break. It's such like a bro flick. Okay. Most <laughs> it's a bro flick. It's 100% a bro flick. And I love it. I okay. freaking love that well. movie. Anyway, I can't believe well, I can't believe you you didn't even know you didn't even know who Incubus was, which blew my mind. My all-time favorite band. Um but somehow I you mean, know who 93-year-old Bruce Springsteen is. 93. Yes. Minus 20. Anyway, um today's show brought to you by Point Break, starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> In theaters again. This no, I mean, <laughs> twenty came, some years later, it, no, thirty some years later. It came out in ninety one. Ninety one. Uh, today's show brought to you by Pressbox Offers. Go to pressboxonline.com/offers now and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first five dollar bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at pressboxonline.com/offers. Paul, how old were you in ninety one? When that movie came out, I believe I was set. I believe I was six. I did you see seven. that movie when you were six? No, <laughs> no, okay, all right. No. All right I, the, the first time I saw that movie, they used to play it on TBS all the time. Okay. in the mid to late nineties, I probably saw it for the first time in like ninety seven on TBS. Got it. Uh, got it, got it. Love that. Movie. Okay. F and love that movie. Any who's a what's it's uh, Orioles take on the Twins last night after losing two or three last weekend. Back to back weekends facing the Twins. The Orioles exact a little revenge. Um, Winning last night in 10 innings, 3-1. to one. Cole Irvin, best start as an yeah. Orioles. Six in the third innings, pitched three hits, one run. He's pitched to a 2.92 ERA in his last three outings for the ball club. Uh, Ramon Arias, kind of the afterthought on this team. He uh, comes up with a big, a clutch RBI double to lead off the 10th with the ghost runner on second yep. base. Orioles end up getting him over and then getting him in on a, on a pinch hit sack fly from... Aaron Hicks, they win the ball game 3-1. to one. Cedric freaking Mullins with one of the best catches of the year Couldn't have timed year. it better. Could oh, not have timed it better. It's, it's, you got two guys on. Byron Buxton hits a bomb to dead center. As soon as he hits it, you're like, oh, God. Right. But you're right. watching Cedric, and Cedric seems like he's got a beat on it. And it's like, okay, I've seen him have a beat on it, and the ball's – I mean, he's five foot eight, mm-hmm. right? So he, <laughs> right. he runs back. He leaps at the wall, perfectly timed. 
catches it at the at the highest point that he could have caught it, falls into the wall. It's the second weekend in a row that he's made a highlight real spectacular catch to Rob Byron Buxton. Uh, he and Buxton go way back. They're good friends. And uh, Buxton's like, can't you just give me one? It was, a, it, was, it was a pretty cool moment on the baseball field. It's one of the things that makes baseball awesome. Yep. Um, and it saved the game. Uh, it would have been the Orioles would have been on three nothing. It kind of reminded me of Adam Jones robbing Manny Machado, and then Machado, you know, tips his cap to him. Kind of yeah. reminded me of, that, of what Buxton did. You know, Cedric Mullins, the bat has been kind of slow to come around since he came off the injured list. You've seen some struggles. Then he kind of breaks out the other night at Yankee Stadium. He gets, I think, two hits. Was it three hits or he had, two? He had two doubles, two, and yeah, then two, the next day he had a double. Two, two doubles, and the bat just looks good. He's, he's you know, pounding the ball, hitting it much harder than he was. They got him batting fourth last night. Which is a decision. That's not one I agree with, but it's... That it's, whole lineup last night. We'll get into that in a second. Well, anytime you're batting Cedric Mullins, who is a prototypical leadoff man, fourth or fifth, I'm going to have a problem with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the okay, lineup in, in, a second, in, in a second, but you were continuing... At the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's a catch that is worth an entire game, really, because they're not going to win this game, most likely, if Cedric Mullins doesn't make it. It would have been a three-run homer. It, it's, it's a three-run homer, and they, they would have lost that game. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day... Um, he is, you know, maybe not going to be a game changer with the bat as he was two years ago when he went 30-30, but he's still one of the best center fielders you can find around. He's, he's an incredible range and an incredible hands. Uh, if he hadn't gotten hurt on Memorial Day, I think he would have been an all-star. He the, probably, the, the, he was the, hitting, he was going like 280, 290 at that point. No, he wasn't ha- hitting that high. He was not that hit, high? He, he, okay. was at, he was at like 268. Um, but okay. the on-base percentage was up. The walks are up this year. The on-base percentage was up. Um, he was stealing a ton of bases, playing Gold Glove caliber defense. Good. He was a di- he was a difference maker yeah. in the lineup, and then he got hurt and was out for three weeks. And it's been um, slow to get him going again. Mm-hmm. Um, you're hoping that he's kind of starting to break out because he had he the night before the two doubles, he hit a ball really hard. Yeah. Um. That that ended up being an out, and I thought to myself, maybe he's. Kind of close, yeah. And and because I, I remember before he hit that, I thought I I almost texted you to say, "When's the last time you saw Cedric hit a ball hard?" Yeah. <clears throat> and then the next day, he gets a walk. He doubles twice, and then the day after the day after that, he walks. He doubles. Yeah. He singles, and you're like, "All right, Cedric's breaking out." That's why he was batting fourth last night. And even though he didn't get a hit last night, he. Still was a huge part in that. He was the first yeah. interview after the game because he right. made the highlight real catch. It, it's not that they may not have won that game; they wouldn't have won that game last night. And the sack, and the sack fly, obviously, to get them on the board. Yeah, um, it, it, it would have been a three-run homer. Right, last night. they would have lost three to one. Cedric Mullins, to me, has had much better at bats this past week mm-hmm. than he has in the, the whole team has the, the three or four weeks uh, since coming off the injured list. So. It's really good to see because at the end of the day, when Cedric Mullins and I think Glenn said it best, when Cedric Mullins. Went on the injured list. He was performing better than anyone by a good margin mm-hmm. with at the plate. And now that he comes back, he gets into a more crowded lineup with a guy like Ryan O'Hearn, who's tearing the cover off the ball. He gets into a lineup with Aaron Hicks now, who has really been pretty good for the Orioles. Now he's got to fight with Colton Kowser. Now he's got to fight with, you know, Austin Hayes, Austin now Hayes All-Star game. who's going to come back pretty soon. Today, probably. Right. There are guys that are going to be in contention for that center field job. And I'm talking about mainly Colton Kowser, but you've got other outfielders coming up. He has to keep proving himself in games like last night, and then you know in the field, and then the the game before at the plate. Um, it's good stuff to see from Cedric, and yeah. you're gonna have to keep seeing it. Look, look Cedric, you know that he's gonna come back, and they may have brought him back a little too early. He hadn't really gotten things going in the minors yet, um, 
and it, it it's been like we like we said been been slow to to come back right <clears throat> but and that, well, that's but, normal for, for yeah a lot of exactly. people. exactly and we know who we know who Cedric Mullins right. is and we know that he's going to get that back going and he probably already has yeah. i don't think that it's a crowded spot for him i think that Cedric Mullins is your center fielder, and Austin Hayes is your left or right fielder, and Colton Kalzer is your left or right fielder, right. and Anthony Santander is your DH, and, and Aaron Hicks is your fourth outfielder. If Anthony Santander is here in a year, because I, I think that possibility is dwindling. Maybe, but he's also having a career year. When he, he, struck, is, when he struck, which is why I would trade him. When he struck out last night, he, it snapped the longest strikeoutless streak going in the majors. It had been over 20, it had been at a minimum 22 at-bats mm-hmm. before he struck out. And actually, I think it had been 20, a minimum 24 at-bats since he had last struck out. Uh, he's having the best year of his career. He's taking, he's taking better at-bats. He's walking more. He's striking yeah. out less. The power is still there. The average is up. The on-base percentage is up. Um, Santander, to me, might have a spot on this team. Maybe, maybe. I'd be more uh, inclined to say that, you know, O'Hearn or Mountcastle won't be here in a year because a switch hitter who's not even thirty yet that has that kind of power. There's a spot on any team for that, in my opinion. Who can also play the outfield and first base? Has that kind of defensive versatility for you? Because Heston Kerstad is going to fill that same role too, and then you have two of those guys. Except Kerstad's a lefty, but right. I don't. I don't. I'm not quick to trade Anthony Santander right now. I would sell high though, wouldn't that? With with Heston Kerstad, yeah. You know, Colton Kowser. Austin Hayes is definitely trade bait too. I think that's pretty obvious, you know, given the fact that he he's hasn't again. he got hurt again. He he right. He's never really been able to stay on the field. And when he's on the field, he this is the first consistent year he's ever had. Mm-hmm. The only consistent year he's ever had. So reg- and regardless of that year in the minors because the that year in the minors that he had where he hit like 30 home runs and he was just unbelievable at yeah. every level doesn't really reflect what he's done at the major league level at all. No. So I think that he definitely could be on the trade table, but it's it's him and Santander are the two guys I think the Orioles could be dangling in, in a couple they, of weeks. They 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 might be, but then you also have to look at the fact, and then we're going to talk. Uh, we will talk about this later. Um, you have to think about the fact that are you really going to try and make a playoff run with a team full of rookies? I know it, I know I know how much we value Kalzer and Westberg yeah. and Gunner and Ortiz and Kerstad and Grayson. But when you're you're gonna have, what maybe five people in your lineup that are rookies yeah. this year, yeah. and then a rookie on the mound. I I love these guys, and I think that they're gonna be. If you ask me that a year from now about the guys who we're talking about right now, hell yeah, let's go to war. Sure, you know what I mean. But right now the rookies, they, they're still getting their feet wet. I mean, Colton Kowser, you know, he's been on base. What is it? I think um, four times so far, five times. Yeah, he, he had a base hit last night. He's been on base in every game. He got on base five times his first two games, so he's been on base okay. six times in six three times. in three games. Jordan Westberg has been on base multiple times, multiple times in six of his nine starts, yeah, and, he's jo- got, and he's got six RBIs already. Jordan's been quite good. Yeah, he's good. He, he's been very good, and he, and he's pretty solid defensively yep. at, sec- at second base. And, and Gunner, the bat has been on fire since yep. the middle of May, so we're excited about this stuff, but. These are also rookies. You also saw th- some rookie mistakes right. from from these guys last night. So it's, I'm not l- l- maybe pump the brakes a little bit, but I also understand why you would want to sell high on Hayes and Santander when you know what's coming up through your pipeline and you're trying to get some legitimate, maybe some starting pitching and some relief help. I by, get that. By the way, uh, 
over the past week, I've noticed it more and more because Gunner's been playing the field more and more rather than DH. He's, he's often at short, often at third base these days. And I notice, I'm starting to notice what Stan talked about a few weeks ago about his issue with tracking pop-ups. He does track pop-ups. He's always backpedaling on them. He's always trying to make a last-second adjustment, which is normal for most guys. But Gunner does it more than almost anybody I've ever seen. I think I think Stan's very correct in his assessment there, and I, I really noticed it over this past week, especially since he's not de-aging as much. He's actually playing in the field. Yeah. So maybe that's one of the defensive concerns that people had in the minors. I, th- I mean, I think he was pretty well celebrated for for what he did down there. I mean, it, he really he could play everywhere. Maybe second base wasn't really his forte, but he certainly can play the left side of the infield. But Tracking pop-ups maybe not his best attribute. Not that it's a problem yet, but you know, I, I don't, it's, it's, I don't, it's notable. I, I've never, I, I noticed it at the beginning of the year. I haven't noticed it recently, and that's it's, maybe it's it's just me watching him play the field more and and pick trying to pick it out and, and trying to you know cherry pick with him. Yeah, but I'm also distracted a lot watching the games because I've got a pregnant wife. Yeah, and I've got. Congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you, thank you. And I've got a dog who is constantly. We got a new couch coming next week. Oh yeah. And he's constantly trying to jump up on the couch, and mm. we're trying to. We we let him up on the couch because like, this is a piece of crap couch, and we love our dog, and we want to like cuddle with him. And now it's like he sheds everywhere. Like yeah. we don't we don't want you shedding all over our brand new couch. So we're we're like trying to teach him not to get on the couch, and it's been a struggle. Yeah. You know when especially when he has all this energy, and he's like, because he's still only fifteen months old, and he wants to be with you and on you and like on top of you um so i haven't been able to pay as deep attention i'm still watching every inning of every game but i I may not be paying attention to how well a shortstop tracks a pop-up because i don't really get (laughs) fair enough fair enough um uh, not that I'm saying it's an, it's not that I'm disval- undervaluing your point. I just don't pay attention to that stuff. Right I'm just now. giving Stan his credit. That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colton Kalser though, the Colton Kalser effect. He comes up in his first game. He gets um, an RBI single and he walks. He really kind of uh, jump starts the Orioles offense on Wednesday night when they won that game six to three. Started a big four run rally for the team with that RBI single, and. It feels like that energy that has been in, injected into the into the lineup. You're seeing guys start to take better at bats. Last week, uh, the, that weekend series, the, the series against Cincinnati and against Minnesota, the at bats that the team took as a whole were just awful. Mm-hmm. They were just horrible, awful. And when Kowser came up, it's a noticeable difference. Okay. And I'm not saying that he's having an impact. Like uh, he's telling these guys how to hit. It's kind of just like. Well, it's it's simply just another guy in a lineup who has a really good approach. Yeah, and, and you saw him when when Mullins let off the inning with a double. Instead of trying to do too much, all he focused on was hitting a ground ball to the right side, getting him over to third base. And he ended up scoring on a base hit from Westberg in the next bat. He's a he's a professional hitter. He's a professional hitter with a professional approach. He takes great at bats, and these are the types of guys that you need in your lineup. That's why you want him here. That's why you want Westberg and Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson in your lineup because these guys take quality at bats and you just kind of have to wonder yeah he's two for ten this year but he's been on base six times you have to wonder uh, like what how big is his impact on this team because they haven't lost since he got here well again what Michael Elias has been drafting for over I think the past I guess I guess the three years four years that he's been here has been really good approaches 
And I think that's where he's really excelled. I mean, look at Rutschman, really good approach. Gunnar Henderson's, I, I don't think his approach was incredible coming out of high school, and it's been extremely good now. Colton Kowser is another guy that I just talked about. The, the approach is really good, and that's what they're centered on. They're building a lineup around really good approaches. I think you're going to see that from Heston Kerstad. You're starting to see Jordan Westbrook, who struck out a lot in college, really high strikeout percentage, and to be fair, has done so through the minors too. And, and Colton Kowser as well had his fair share of strikeouts. They're building a lineup, I think, around guys guys who can understand their zone they can cover the plate and they can take pitches and mm-hmm. I think that's really important and you know so whenever you see these rookies coming in and you know any of them they're going to have that approach and they're going to have that mindset to not be the Jorge Mateos of the world the Ryan Malcastles of the world because I think Michael Elias probably views that as the biggest flaw of the last regime you look at Ryan Malcastle Austin Hayes these are two guys that are very prominent that were drafted by the last regime that do have these approach issues and now mm-hmm. they've they've gone completely the other way with it, and it's seeming to work out in their favor so far. Yeah, the the at bats look much better. I mean, Adley Rutschman might take one of the best at bats in baseball. Um, when you have a lineup, he, he that, does. Yeah. When 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 you when you have a lineup that's filled with guys that know how to work counts, right? And Santander has gotten much better at it. Oh when, yeah, for when, sure. When you have a lineup that's filled with guys that know how to how to work counts, it makes your team that much better. It makes the game much more exciting to watch because you know that your team's going to be in it right. every single game. And it's not like, you know, when they lost two or three to the Twins, it's not like they're getting blown out. I mean, they lost the one game eight. There's to been one. very few blowout losses. This but year. but they they lost two to one. I mean, one to nothing. They won two to one. They lost to the Yankees. What was it? I, I I can't remember. I know they blew them out in the one game. Why is this? Not it was fourteen to one in the blowout. I think it was fourteen but. to one in the blowout, and then six to three. They lost eight to four on Tuesday. Okay. I think it was. Yeah. Um. And on Monday, I can't remember. I think it was something like four to one or something like that. I can't. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was. Um. Well, and again, you go through a one and six stretch, and. You know, Jordan Westberg was here for a part of that, but then Colton Kowser comes up after the one and six stretch, and you've played remarkably better. And, and again, mm-hmm. like you you mentioned, it's not because of Colton Kowser only. He's had an impact for sure. He's been on base every game, but it just adds to the lineup and protects other guys more as well. I mean, it, it makes guys like Adam Frazier better. It makes guy who also has a great approach. It makes guys like Jorge Mateo better, even though he's still not going to play. Dude. I'm getting to my point though. Even though he's still going to play like Jorge Mateo, it adds more value to the lineup as a whole. Jorge Mateo, I have never seen a hitter this bad. And, and look, there was a back at the end of May, beginning of June, um, Adam Jones commented on one of my posts about Jorge Mateo, and he's like, "Y'all were on his jock uh, the first month of the season when he was killing it, and now you you want to come down on him." And mm-hmm. it's like, look, I believe that 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 there's a good player in there, he, but the guy can't hit, and we, we we're not going to ignore yeah. it. I, and I've been well, trying. It's I, impossible to ignore it. At this I, point. I I've been trying to be nicer about it. It's hard. Because every at bat's the same. Yeah. The first, it, 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 he has the at bats go one of two ways. He takes the first pitch as a high strike, and then he swings straight through two sliders that are nowhere near the strike zone, or he gets three straight sliders that are in the exact same spot, and he comes nowhere close. The way he swings at sliders, it's as if he's never seen or heard of a slider. Yeah. It's as if he does not know that that pitch exists. Right. It's all pitchers throw him. And the swing looks exactly the same every time. He's nowhere near. He's way out in front. The the bat doesn't come close to the baseball. And now the batting average is 214. The OPS is 605. The on-base percentage is, what, 250? You can't keep playing him. You can't keep trotting him out there. And, and he's playing significantly less now. Yeah. 
You're reaching a point where you cannot start him. Well, especially given the fact that Jordan Westberg is here. And, and that makes it... here, and I think that they need to bring up Ortiz. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's almost... The way they've treated Ortiz is not my favorite. It's yeah. not my favorite. It's almost like they, they're showing him they don't value and believe in him. And I'm not... I, I will say, I, I don't believe in the bat the way a lot of other people seem to believe in the bat. MLB Pipeline um, and... You know they can think whatever they want to think, but they clearly think he is a top 100 guy who is you know a pretty good hitter, and I, I tend to think he's more of a utility player. His Triple A numbers, and his they're it, really good. Don't like get me wrong. 330 with like a 391 on base percentage. I just I want to see it at the major league level, and the only way to do we're that, talking over t- parts of two years. The only way to do that is to get a guy who, frankly, for the past three months hasn't been able to touch a baseball. Yeah. He, he's he's so lost at the plate. He has to get off this team at this point, and. You know, I don't know how they're going to do that. It's probably going to be a DFA. I wouldn't expect any options remaining, considering they picked them up off a of DFA, you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. But they got to find a way to get him off this team. Well, I-, I think there's value in having him be a pinch runner and a late inning sure. defensive replacement. And now with Ryan but, McKenna gone, I guess you need a little more of a but, pinch runner. But do you want to roster a guy solely for that? Because the reason I think you should bring up Ortiz is there's no way he's going to hit this bad. There's no way he's going to hit as badly as I, as I can't imagine that. The, the bat speed's better than Mateo. The he he finds a way to to foul pitches off. I think he has a better approach at the plate. He knows what a slider is, um, and the defense is just as good. It, it, if you talk overall glove, he's probably better. Yeah, he's probably better. But Mateo has the um, the range, the range, and Ortiz has great range. He does. He has, he makes spectacular highlight reel plays. Mateo has the range to track a pop-up 120 feet down the line and catch it, which nobody, a lot of people in the league can't do that. That doesn't mean they don't have good range. It just means that Mateo is an athletic freak. He right, you know right. But I couldn't say it better. But I think the time is now to have Gunner at third, Ortiz at short, and Westberg at second, and play that every day. Yeah, and and make Frazier your your utility guy. You know, and but also while we're on it. And um, can, maybe you can text him and let him know that we're running a couple sure. minutes behind because we have one other thing we want to get to before we call him. Um, we should not be seeing infielders playing in the outfield ever again. And look, Frazier had a nice game the other day. He it was a spot start because they had to scratch Hicks because of a, of a, of a tender left Achilles. Frazier gets the start in left field. He collects three hits, and he throws a guy out at second base trying to stretch a double. But you should not have a second baseman playing left field. No. You should not have a first baseman, Ryan O'Hearn, playing right field. Oh, that's the most egregious one. I don't want to see infielders in the outfield anymore. Yeah. Not when your roster has Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Colton Kalzer, Aaron Hicks, and Anthony Santander, who's a Gold Glove finalist in the past, and I don't care what people say, maybe he's slower than everybody else. He is a good outfielder. Yeah, he is. He's a he is. good right fielder. You have five outfielders on your roster. Yeah, who are all more than capable of playing really good defense. No reason Adam Frazier should ever set right. foot in outfield grass beyond just behind yeah. the infield dirt ever again. I mean, especially with Colton Cowser and Aaron Hicks here. Yeah. There is no There's excuse, no excuse for, it. for it. There, There is just... And, you and know, even the other day when Austin Hayes um, was still banged up and he's still not playing, I think he's going to play today. Why would you not have... And I know you want to get Santander off his feet a little bit, but why not put Santander out there and, and, and in right and Cowser in see, left I, and Mullins in center? If it were up to me, I would DH 
Santander almost every day. Yeah, but it, I'd rather play him in the outfield than Adam Frazier. Oh, undoubtedly. Unda- but I'm just saying that I want Hicks as the fourth guy, and you put Hayes, Kowser, Mullins in the outfield. Exactly, daily. and I, I think that's what they're going to do. Sure, and I yeah. think you'll also, get, you'll also see some time, a lot more of Santander at first base. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we got to move on here. Uh, four Orioles make the all-star team. We don't want to bury that. Felix Bautista, Adley Rutschman, Yenier Cano, and Austin Hayes. Cano's looked way better, except for that game against the Yankees the other day. Aside from that, he's kind of looked like he's gotten back into his groove a little bit. He was really good last night, like really good last night. I think the biggest surprise was Austin Hayes making the all-star team, and now he's been named a starter due to injuries to Aaron Judge and um, Mike Trout. It's awesome. It's awesome that, they, that they're that this no good and they have players being recognized for it. It's awesome that Austin Hayes has realized his potential finally yeah. and is getting the recognition for it. And it's crazy, man, because all offseason we were talking about how this is a make-or-break year for Austin Hayes. Yep. You know, And then we didn't talk about much during spring training because he, he was performing. Yeah. And then he starts a year and he's hitting, and it's like, is the other shoe going to drop? Is the other shoe going to drop? Right. And now he's still hitting. It's July now. He's still hitting, and now he's starting the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, awesome. I remember us talking about the beginning of the year. Look, there's <laughs> there's guys chasing him down right now. There's yeah. Colton Kowser chasing him down. There's Heston Kerstad. His time may be limited. I mean, I think we all kind of thought that because it really is true. When you look at that minor league system and you look at the number of guys that are right on his heels, and now he's starting to really pull away from the pack as the guy who's definitely performed the best in the outfield this year, but he's also... And, and, I want to say he's not the best defender in the world. Defensive metrics show that he's not, but he passes the eye test for me. Yeah, um, he does enough out there to be able to be a competent corner outfielder. He catches you. You he catches the balls he's supposed to catch. When you see a pop up, you're not nervous. When right? He's going oh no, after not him. at all. And and one of the strongest arms in baseball. Yeah. So when all that comes with a great bat, um, and which he's he's been much better on the. the I can't talk right now. The OBP side, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he has also been a lot better on the batting average side. Yeah. And I'd still like to see the OBP higher. I, I still would. It's still too low for me. But it's been a huge improvement for him. Mm-hmm. And the powers really come around compared to what he's done in previous years. Well, he's only got the eight home runs. I, I'm actually surprised that, the, that we're, we haven't seen more power from him. I, I would he, agree. He did hit 22 home runs a couple of years ago in 130 okay. games. I was thinking it was like 19. No, he, that's, he, that's, he, had, he had 22. because he, he was trying okay. to get to 25. Cedric did the 30-30. He was trying to get to 25. He had 22. It was 21 or 22. It was in the 20s. Um, yeah, and now you're wondering, is he a part of the Orioles' future? Or is he trade bait for something else? Um, you know, that's going to yeah. remain to be seen. But for now... He's doing everything that you thought he could do if he could stay healthy. So it's been awesome to see. We got to get Stan on the line. Uh, while Zach does that, want to remind you today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Uh, joining us on the line now, he is Stan the Fan Charles. Stan, good morning. You awake there, sir? Yes, sir. Welcome. Welcome wide to the show. Wide awake. Wide awake. Yep. Wide awake. Um, we were just talking, Stan, about Austin Hayes and about how he's now the uh, one of the AL starting outfielders in the All-Star game. Uh, and Stan, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how this is a make-or-break year. There's player, there are players in the system uh, chasing him down. 
How big has this year been for Austin Hayes? What does he mean to this team? And is he now putting himself into the conversation to be part of this core moving forward? Um, sure seems to be. You know, it's a it's one of those good. It's not even a problem yet, but it's a it's a good uh, impending problem to have. Have more talent than you have spots, mm-hmm. so uh, they'll figure it out. It sure looks <clears throat> sure looks to me. Like he's uh, a part of a good, excuse me, good part of the future. Now, with that in mind, and the reason, uh, we... but uh, but you know, when you start counting spots, though, so who is it? You know, I mean, over the last couple of years, I think we've all had Santander, Mullins, and Hayes traded, or or you know, just question whether they belong. Now they all belong. Plus, there's Colton Kowser, Plus, there's Heston Kerstad. You know, it's a, it's a crowded group now. Do you think that one of Kerstad or um, Santander might be in the Orioles' plans to be their regular first baseman in the coming um, months or years? Um, because I I can't Zach is um, likes the idea of potentially trading high on Anthony Santander right now. I'm not so sure I'm ready to do that. Do you think that there is a potential for either he or Kerstad to play first base fairly regularly in the near future? Uh, I anticipate that Santander's going to play some first base before we get down the road too much further, you know. I mean, I see O'Hearn has been really a terrific piece, terrific story, but I see him more of a platoon guy. So when we're facing a left-hander, I think Santander would fit over there at first base. Stan, I was going to ask, how much do you buy O'Hearn right now? Are you... You know, firmly in the camp of this guy can actually hit. This is a great approach. There's a lot of power here, or is this just a little phase he's going through of good hitting? Um, I, I've all, always found, and I equated to the, uh, you know, the backup quarterback in in any NFL city is always the most popular player, and people clamor for him to play more, and then when he plays more you start to say, eh, I don't know about this guy. Uh, I think O'Hearn was a real nice pickup. He plays a nice first base. He doesn't hurt you defensively in the outfield. Not a great outfielder, but he's, he's certainly a lot better than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa of the Yankees oh, he was so uh, when he plays a corner. Yeah, in the corner spots, he's horrible. Um, but do I think he's an everyday player? I think if he played every day, he'd start to get exposed a little bit more. Um, I equate him back in the old days when people, uh, you know, my age, were watching the Orioles. We had a player named Jim Dwyer who was a left-hander, and uh, you always wondered why Earl wouldn't play him more, got to play him more. And then the few times that he got extended looks, it just there's a there's a certain attrition uh, to what he what he produces, but he's a good story. He's certainly um, he's certainly producing fine up to this point. You know, yeah. Last week we were having the conversation about him. He was mired in the three for twenty two slump, and we thought maybe that that uh, him being exposed had arrived, and then he got hot again. Mm-hmm. So you you yeah. have to feel good about the fact that he went through that slump and he's back scorching the baseball again. Um, I think he chases a little bit. But, you know, that's what power hitters do also. So um, he's doing a fine job for now. He's doing a fine job for now. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth with that. 
Um, Stan- he's certainly producing, not not to beat up on the dead horse right now, but he's certainly producing at a much higher level, especially against right-handed pitching, than we would be getting out of Ryan Mountcastle. That's, I think that's a fact. You know, it, yeah. So um, Now, Stan, it's kind of hard not to notice that the Orioles have, at bats have improved with the arrival of Colton Kowser. And I don't know that Kowser has much to do with it or if it's just kind of a coincidence. But the kid comes up. He reaches base five times in his first two games. He had another base hit last night. So six times in three games. I had that big RBI single start, that four-run rally for the Orioles late against the Yankees in that victory on Wednesday night. He Would you agree that he looks the part? How big is his addition to this team? And is he? do you anticipate him just flourishing from here? Um, you know, I haven't seen enough of him to, to really say he fully belongs. It sure, it sure looks and feels the part right now. I want to see him a little bit more before I'm ready to anoint him. Sure. You know, uh, he certainly came up and, and he, he didn't look like he was, uh, in water over his head, you know, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Yeah. And, and it's, I've never really, I've never really seen him play. The at-bats so are good. First. Actually, I saw him, I take it back, I saw him last April with uh, Aberdeen when I went up to see Rutschman, who was rehabbing. I uh, saw him and Kobe Mayo, and uh, fell in love with Kobe Mayo, and Kowser had a real nice night the, the night I was there. I'll tell you, man, Kobe Mayo is having himself a hell of a year down at Bowie. He, he's yeah. due for promotion before yeah. too long. But uh, the thing I like yeah. about Kowser is that he takes a professional at-bat, the other night was a prime example when Mullins led the inning off with a double. And instead of trying to do too much like most rookies would, he just tried to do his part and get him over. And he grounded, hit a grounder to the right side, got Mullins over to third base, and Mullins ended up yep, scoring that was a base a, hit. That was a, it was a, it was, that was a victory. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, yep. a, it was yep. a team at bat. It was yep. a productive out. And then you look at George. George I'll, tell you go what you got, I'll tell you what you got to like with all these guys, starting with Rutschman, Gunners the same way. And these two kids have just come up. They all are tough outs. In other words, they don't get themselves out, you know, which is the irritant with Ryan Mountcastle. You know, is he just he just helps the pitchers too much. These guys work the pitcher. Mm-hmm. They're they're more professional hitters. Doesn't mean they're better athletes, can't hit the ball as far as Ryan, but they're not gonna get themselves out as much as he does. Yeah. Yeah, they, they take good professional bats. You feel confident. Um, when when they come up in a big situation, you like the fact that they're batting. It's not necessarily that there's not yep. somebody else you'd rather have up there, but you like the fact that they're batting. You're, not, you're like, you know what? This guy could come through here. You're not yep. thinking yep. the worst. Um, and then you look yep. at it, Stan, and you mentioned, you know, you have Rutschman. He's a second-year player. You have uh, uh, Gunnar Henderson, Colton Callister, Jordan Westbrook. At some point, Joey Ortiz will be here. At some point, Grayson's going to be back. We may see Heston Kerstad sooner rather than later because he's, he's – really thriving down to AAA right now. How much can this team stay in contention? How m- much of a playoff push can they make when it seems like half their lineup at some point is going to be rookies plus a rookie on the mound? Um, it, it sure looks to me like they, they have almost what it takes to, to uh, you know, really compete. Uh, first of all, 
Tampa finally has had their sort of regression to the mean, mm-hmm. you know, a five-game losing streak, and six. they're playing a red-hot Phillies, six six in a row, mm-hmm. and they're playing a red-hot Phillies team for two more. So they've come back to earth a little bit, uh, which isn't surprising given how the losses they've had on that pitching staff. You know, uh, you lose Springs and Drew Rasmussen. Uh, that's really significant stuff there. Um I, I think we're there. I, I think our biggest need, as much as we all say we need a number one starter, you know, those guys, those number one starters, you got to give up a ton for them. Yep. And, and then you got to figure out the right guy that you can keep because you don't want to give up two or three prospects and then, and then you got the guy for two months, you know, and he's gone. So they're harder. I think I'd be more inclined to say that the Orioles' biggest need right now, and it got alleviated a little bit last night because of how good Cano finally looked after about his last 10 outings to me. Mm-hmm. He'd, begin, he'd begun to sort of be a suspect rather than prospect or producer. Uh, but I really think this club, if it's really serious about contending, it's got to upgrade that bullpen. Oh, you know, as great as Bautista, as great as Bautista is, and I'll I'll say something that I don't think I've ever said before. I think he's the most unhittable pitcher I think I've ever seen for what his job is. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely incredible, um, and and has surprisingly most of the time really good control and commands the at bats um, that he's you know the, the at bat he's up against. But but when you get into last night's game, I don't want to see Michael Bauman come into a, a game like that. Right. I just don't want to see him. Yeah. Uh, Luke and I have a joke. We you know it's like it's like the bullpen after after Bautista, and, and up until last night again, where Cano looked really great last night. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the um, the movie with the box of chocolates. Uh, what's Forrest it called? Forrest Gump. Our bullpen is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what Brian Baker you're going to get. Right. You don't know what what Bauman you're going to get. You don't know what Aiken you're going to get. You know, you got to. And Vespi is is not that guy. You know, mm-hmm. I know he looks cute and all that. He's not the guy we want in big in big playoff push moments. And I think Mike's got to do something. And and in fairness to Mike, by the way. He didn't know Dylan Tate was going to be out this long, and he didn't know that Michael Givens was going to be, you know, sort of a waste. Right. Um, he's gotten zero out of them. So Bauman came up and did a decent job the first six or eight weeks. He He's just – I'm not giving up on him. I still think there's a lot of talent there, but he's regressed before our very eyes. He's back. You don't know what you're going to get out of him yeah, at all. Yeah, he – um. When he came into the game last night, I had no confidence that the Orioles were keeping that one nothing lead, and 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 it stinks because uh, I, I like like you, I like Mike Bauman. I think there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. But we've seen yep. too much of it. It's for me one shame on you, for me twice shame on me. We've seen too much of it yeah. from from all of these guys for that matter. And I do think that the Orioles are going to have to bring in another, probably two middle relievers if they to to kind of bridge that well, gap. Well, the, the one thing is 
Perez has given you a look. I don't know exactly what's behind his injury right now, but mm-hmm. he's given a look that he might be more what he was last year than what he is this year. And that's a shame. This year. That's the shame of the timing of the injury because he was pitching the best he's pitched all year, and now you're going to have to see him. Yeah. Like we just saw with Cedric Mullins, is he going to be out for two yeah. weeks and then come up and have to and be slow to get started again? Um, it's just remember, really... remember that trade. Remember that trade that the uh, Nationals made with the Oakland A's, where they picked up Sean Doolittle, and um, it was a right-hander that went with Doolittle. They brought both of them in, and they came and really helped the Nationals that year. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, when, when yeah, they, when they I, won the World Series. I, I remember the year, but I can't remember the second pitcher. It wasn't. Right was it Hudson? Was that his name? Or, you know, it, I want to say it was Hudson, but I don't think Hudson was on the Oakland A's. Or was, was it somebody like, else? Why am I thinking Houston Street? No, one Houston Street. That no, would have no. been six years ago or okay. eight years ago. Zach's hey, on it. He's, he's looking guy. it up. It's Sean Doolittle. Ryan Matson. Ryan Matson. Ryan Matson. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sean Doolittle and Matson. That's what the Orioles need to do. They need to make a trade. And I'll tell you, the, the perfect partner is is Kansas City. Give me, give me Scott Barlow and give me Carlos Hernandez, okay? And I'll match that bullpen up pretty well with the, the real good ones. Hernandez is a real sleeper to me. I had him on my fantasy team a couple of years ago when he was a starter, and he pitched really, really well for me. And then the next year, he just wasn't even the same guy. And now they've reinvented him as a relief pitcher. And if you look, if you, you know, if you pull up his stats and do the game logs, he's really, really pretty good at shutting teams down for a minute. Yeah, it looks like they they started him a, a few times this year, but they've reverted him fully to a reliever. And it looks like he's been pitching really well, um, basically since the middle of June. His ERA since yep. June twelfth is um, where is it? Why am I not? Oh, 0.87 in nine games since June 12th. So, really moving And the strikeouts will play over, over, you know. Eight the, strikeouts to two walks. And, yeah. Yeah. Ten, in, yeah. Over 10 in third innings, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah good. can get a couple they of They've got to do something like sure. that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you look, at the, you look at the return that Kansas City got for Chapman. Now, they only had control of Chapman for two more, uh, three more months. Texas was very proactive in picking him up. I didn't really want him in our clubhouse. I don't, I don't like it. Neither did I. I, I didn't want but, him either. But, but, but he'll do the job for Texas. He's back pitching at an elite level um, until he implodes. You know, uh, it's just as part of his DNA, in my opinion. Not a good, not a great guy. Uh, yeah. But. But Kansas City got virtually nothing for him. You know, they got a 17-year-old outfielder, and they got this guy, Cole Raggins. Um, it, was an, it was an interesting guy in training camp this year with the with the uh, Rangers. Uh, I liked him a little bit, but he really hasn't had much of a season. That's the that's the return you get. So you can imagine if we went, went for two guys, maybe you give up, uh, you know, I don't know what. A Norby and something, you know, that's a team that certainly needs talent. 
the Kansas yeah. City Royals. Absolutely. And, and any of those prospects that we'd give up would instantly become one of their top prospects. So it's definitely a move yeah. that I think is coming. I'm just not sure. I don't know if it's going to be Kansas City, the White Sox, the yeah, Nationals. I don't either. I don't know. either. Yeah. But the, the Orioles are going to need some help in their bullpen. Not going to, they do. And it's. I think that's what's going to happen sooner rather than later with this team. You know what's, what's, what's tricky about picking up guys from teams like the Royals and the Tigers is, the, you know, there's, there's pressure, there's in-game pressure, and then there's overall contextual pressure that I'm pitching for a good team. Do they, can they step up and come into a pennant race and do what they did in games that didn't mean a damn thing, really, other than to them at the moment they were performing. It's much bigger. In other words, your shoulders have to be a little bit bigger when you pitch for a contender than you do. You know, And that's one of the questions I think we've, we've witnessed with Cole Irvin. You know, Cole Irvin, I've watched the guy for two years, and I've still believed in him, and Glenn was – sort of not beating me up, but he was, yeah, okay, you still believe in him. I like the guy, but but there's clearly a difference when he's pitching for a team that has real expectations than what the Oakland A's were the last two years when he pitched for them. Yeah, and I was going to, about to ask you about Cole Irvin. I was going to ask you about the rotation as a whole, Stan, because you look at Grayson Rodriguez, what he's done down at AAA. He's got a 2-11 ERA. He's got a 12-4 strikeout-to-walk ratio. His last start, six innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts. Um, then you look at what Cole Irvin's done, and he's got a 2-9-2 ERA over his last six outings. You combine that with Kyle Bradish, who looks every bit the part right now. ERA is now in the 3-3s. Tyler Wells has been the Orioles' ace this year. Dean Kramer just gave you uh, seven inning starts in two of his last three outings. And Kyle Gibson, he's that veteran. What is this rotation going to look like for the home stretch in August and September? Who's going to keep that spot? Is Cole Irvin's spot still safe? Is Kyle Gibson the guy who's going to lose his spot because he's been so bad recently? What are the Orioles going to do with this rotation moving forward? Well, I'm going I'm to think outside the box a little bit. I know that the Orioles probably aren't thinking the same way I am. Uh, one of the big concerns about Grayson Rodriguez all along has been how many innings can he pitch? Sure. Okay. Why not bring Grayson Rodriguez up and be, be not the guy in the seventh or eighth inning, but be the guy from the third or fourth inning on where you piggyback him twice a week with somebody who's not having a particularly great start. He comes in in that fourth, fifth, sixth inning, or fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. He's going to be unhittable pitching in two and three inning spurts. Um, It's the way the Orioles used to bring up their their best pitchers. A lot of them, Dennis Martinez, uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, Sammy Stewart, they were all starters in the minor leagues. They, they began to be like the long guys in your, you know, and the, the long guy is sort of a forgotten guy now because you've got so many specialties in your bullpen. Situational lefty, you got the high leverage guy that there's really no room for what we used to call the long man. Mm-hmm. I think it would be the perfect, I think it would be the perfect position for, um, for Grayson Rodriguez to really reindoctrinate into the major leagues. 
It might be. It might be, especially if they don't want to move any of these guys out of the rotation right now. Uh, it's it's something. I none of them. Look, none of them are. None of them are. I mean, Kyle Bradish looks like he might be on the verge of really turning into really something special. Mm-hmm. But none of the other. None of them collectively are the ace we think we need. Sure. So how do you make the staff better? And also, and the other possibility would be, yeah, slot Grayson Rodriguez in and do what I wanted to do back at the beginning of the year and look like a fool because of how well he was pitching. But I guarantee you, Tyson, if Tyler Wells pitches in the bullpen for two, three innings at a time, he ain't giving up 11, home, you know, 11 14 home runs in 40 innings or 60 innings, whatever yeah. he's done. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree um, with you on that. I just it'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a, a, to find anybody who would agree with uh, who would you. We would be in the minority, is what I'm trying to get at there. Well, the the the, the reason I like the idea so much with Grayson Rodriguez is because how are you going to have Grayson Rodriguez if you come if you insert him into the rotation? Let's say you you did take uh, Kyle Gibson out and you turn him into something else or whatever. But how many innings is he going to give you the rest of the way? You know, yeah. you're talking about one guy to be able to pitch in October. I'm telling you, if you slot him in as a two to three inning guy twice a week, and maybe if you need him in a real pinch in a game that's close, instead of bringing in a Bauman, maybe you have him for an inning. You know, on a, on a third day per week, um, you 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 sort of keep those innings alive where he's he's a viable weapon in the postseason. Yeah. I mean how many times have we come how many times have we watched postseason where somebody like remember David Price one year with the, the Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. They suddenly they used him in the bullpen. Yeah. You know. invariably in these in these playoff series and everything where stuff is so tight, you want a dominant pitcher and he's potentially a dominant I don't know if he's a potentially dominant pitcher right now for seven innings, but give me him for two to three innings, and I think you'll have a real dominant thing, a real dominant pitcher, and you and it's not like you're ruining him as a starter next year. You know, yeah. you're sort of getting him up to those innings levels that we all talked about. No, you're, because you're... if he makes if he makes fourteen starts and pitches six innings. That's how many innings? That's 60 and uh, 84 innings. And he's pitched, what, 50 innings down in the minors, and he pitched 35 or 40 in the majors. Suddenly he's at 160, 170 innings. And yeah. the postseason has the income. Yeah, that's that's true. And that's, that's the thing, Stan. You're looking at the rest of this rotation with Bradish, Kramer, and Wells, and they're all approaching their career highs already in innings yep. pitched. And, I mean, yep. Wells is on pace for nearly 200. Kramer's on pace for over 180. And Bradish is on pace for almost 170. You're going to have all right. these guys on innings limits. And that's before you even talk about bringing John right. Means back with his innings limits. So it's going to be interesting to see how they how they yep. um, maneuver this rotation for the last three months of the yep. season. Uh, Sam, yep. what, what do you got coming up? Um, got, got a show Monday. I think we're going to do it at 4 o'clock. Uh, Luke Jackson... Uh, Ross Grimsley and myself, and Thursday I just confirmed Bill Stetka is going to join us, and we're going to go down memory lane and talk about uh, the 1983 team, 
it's hard to believe it's 40 years since uh, mm, the yeah. Orioles won a World Series. Uh, but that team had some adversity it uh, it faced uh, that year. Um, you know, two seven-game losing streaks, four three-game losing streaks, but they played some real special baseball in between all that. And uh, how about if I tell you to the tune of 40-5 and five in uh, the non-losing streaks? Wow, wow. 40-5 40 over, over three months, you know. That's impressive. So we'll talk about that on Monday, uh, Thursday night with Bill Stetka. That'll be at seven o'clock. All right. Well, we will certainly. Look By the way, I want to remind everybody to watch the futures game tonight. Where is that on? Is that on the MLB Network? I believe that'll be on MLB Network. That's going to be. Is that? that yeah. Oh, that's tonight. I thought that was tomorrow. I guess that is tonight because the draft is tomorrow. I, I mean, think that's, it's that's tonight. Right. Yeah. I think, you, yeah. Uh, yeah. Heston Kerstad and um, uh, Jackson Holiday, their teammates tonight in the futures yep. game. So that'll, that'll yep. be fun to watch for sure. All right, Stan, thanks so much. Kobe, will... Mayo, Kobe Mayo next year in the Futures game. Probably. not if, if he continues going the way he has this year, it's been absolutely phenomenal. All right, Stan, we will talk yep. to you next week. Enjoy the All-Star break. All right. You All too, right. guys. Bye. See you. That was Stan the Fan. Charles has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will jo- be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, the guys were off for the 4th of July holiday, but they'll be back next week. You can watch the shows live at facebook.com slash pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Line. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke this and every Monday night. And remember, this Monday, likely at 4 o'clock. we got to catch our first break. When we come back in from Baseball America, Kyle Glazer joins the program. That's next on The Bat Around. It's another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. The Crossover Kit is back. Enjoy a night out at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 15th, when the Orioles play the Miami Marlins at 7.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans 15 and over to receive an Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar and arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours prior to the first pitch for happy hour, live music, and more. A variety of ticket options are available. Buy yours now at orioles.com tickets. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 
1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles' rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. All right, rolling right along here on the bat around. We are into hour number two of the show. The first hour and the show in general is brought to you by PressBox Offers. PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. Joining us now on the program, this is a very busy weekend for him, so we do appreciate him taking some time for us on the show today. From Baseball America, he's the senior writer, Kyle Glazer. Kyle, it is Paul, it's Zach. Welcome to the Bat Around. Thanks for taking some time to us on a busy Saturday morning for you. Yeah, no problem. Happy to join you guys. We're happy to have you. Big weekend uh, for baseball as a whole. As the, as the Futures game is this evening, the draft is tomorrow night. Then you have the Home Run Derby on Monday, the All-Star Game on Tuesday. Exciting times in the baseball world and exciting times for the Baltimore Orioles, Kyle. And we will get to the draft here momentarily. But the Orioles did call up Colton Kowser and Jordan Westberg uh, over the last 10 days or so. And they've made an immediate impact. Uh, Kowser reaching base six times in his first three games. Westberg six R. RBIs with a 400 on base percentage in his first 10 games. Are the Orioles looking at two special players here? And in the case of Westberg, we haven't really seen him in the same ranks, rated as highly as some of the guys like Rutschman, Henderson, Kalzer, Holiday. But how good of a player is he? And what are the Orioles getting from these guys? 
Yeah, I mean, both Colton Kowser and Jordan Westberg are guys who project to be above average starters in the major leagues on a competitive team. Um, you know, Westberg has ranked in our top 100. He hasn't been as high as the other guys, but he's a very good player who, you know, he's a really, really good defender. He can play both short and third wherever you kind of need him. He can hit a little bit for average. He's shown power. I mean, he's a very good player, and that's what the Orioles' strength is. They've had a really, really good position player group of prospects for the last couple of years they've built, and now we're seeing those guys get to the majors with Abney, with Gunner, with Colton, with Jordan Westberg. I mean, this is kind of a, a nice homegrown core you can build with and win with as a nice foundation. And one of the guys that doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's also a top 100 prospect, is Joey Ortiz. We've seen the struggles from uh, Jorge Mateo. The, the, every bat seems to be the same for the last two and a half months. Are you surprised that Joey Ortiz hasn't been called up for good and hasn't taken over as a starting shortstop on this team? Yes, definitely. Um, the Orioles seem to be sticking with Jorge Mateo for reasons um, no one can quite understand. I mean, he's a very good defender, but that's also true of Joey Ortiz. And I think at a certain point, you need to get someone in there who can hit. So Joey Ortiz, at the very least, deserves a shot over Jorge Mateo at this point. All right. And then uh, finally, Grayson Rodriguez absolutely shoving down a triple A, 211 ERA and seven starts down there. 12 strikeouts, no walks, three hits, no runs. His last outing. Is he due for another promotion after the break? Uh, Our previous guys was talking about maybe the Orioles to limit his innings, putting him in uh, long relief um, until he's ready to become a full time starter next year at the big league level. What are your thoughts on that idea? Is he ready to go now? Yeah, I mean, again, there's a long history of guys who really struggle their first time or two in the big leagues and end up perfectly fine. You look at Lucas Giolito and Tyler Glass now, just two recent examples. You know, he got got up, had a tough time going back down, work on some things. And, you know, I, I think you, in an optimal world, you want him to be a starter. Um, as much as we talk about the Orioles, the success they're having – the rotation ERA is one of the 10 worst in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And Grayson Rodriguez has the talent to be a really, really good starting pitcher in the Major Leagues. I think if you're the Orioles, you want him in your rotation. And I think that's really what they should be going for here is get him back down, AAA, work on things he needs to work on to be a starter in the major leagues, not a long reliever. Well, and, and I think that that's the goal, ultimately. We're thinking more so just because of the innings limit. Is there any concern about the innings, or should they, they should just let him go? I think if you want to be a competitive, contending team, you need to put your best pitchers on the mound, and that means letting him go. Sure. I think, obviously, you don't want to be foolish about it, but at this point in the season, it's not like he's going to go out there and have a 200-inning type of season anyway. I think you need to be smart about it, but you, you bring him up as a starter, you use him as a starter, and let him pitch. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you on that one, Kyle, for sure. Now, the Orioles in their system, they don't have a ton of pitching behind Grayson Rodriguez. We used to talk about D.L. Hall, but he has not been what we expect him to be, and he's not even in affiliated ball right now. He's down in Sarasota working back his strength. Um, and the reason that I'm talking about the pitching is because the cupboard seems to be pretty bare beyond those two, and the Orioles have uh, are out of the top five in the draft for the first time since 2018, picking at number 17. We've seen Hurston Waldrop out of Florida um, linked to them a number of times. Is there any chance that for the first time in this regime's history that they go with a, starting, with a pitcher in the first round of the draft? 
I mean, there's always a chance. Never say never. Um, but look, this is a front office regime that very, very, very strongly prefers drafting and developing homegrown position players. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Michael Elias, you go back to his days with the Astros, you know, they did not do very well when they selected pitchers with their top picks. You look at Mark Appel, you look at Forrest Whitley, you look at J.B. Bukowskis. It was when they drafted hitters. And the Astros model, the way they won, is they drafted a homegrown position player core and they acquired the pitchers in trades. You know, Justin Verlander, uh, Garrett Cole, those were guys they acquired in trades as established commodities. So, you know, we'll see. A lot of it really is just going to come down to who's available, right? I mean, we can talk as much as we want about organizational philosophy, but you have to take the best player available in the draft in baseball, and that might be a pitcher potentially. I will say this. This is a draft that is very, very, very strong on hitters, both college and high school, and there's not a lot of great pitching in this draft, especially once you get past, you know, the top couple guys and Paul Skeens and Noble Meyer. So more likely than not, a hitter is going to be the best player available at 17. Um, we, we just kind of have to see how everything falls. But I think given this organization's history, you probably would say they're more likely to take a hitter than a pitcher. And that kind of lines up with the strength of this class as well. How deep is this draft class? Is there potentially a top 10 um, uh, prospect that could fall to the Orioles at 17? Top 10 all of baseball? Again, it's hard to say that right now, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we see all the time guys who are taken in the middle of the first round, the back of the first round, even the second, third, fourth, and fifth round who they take a jump when they get to pro ball or you realize teams were a little light on them out of the draft and you know, they shoot up the rankings. I mean, Mookie Betts was a fifth round pick. Mike sure. Trout was the 26th overall pick. So yeah, there's always a chance. Um, you know, we might not recognize it today at this exact moment and teams might not recognize it at this exact moment, but sure. I mean, we'll just have to see kind of how everything falls and, and how the Orioles are able to develop these guys. Now, I saw a, a recent mock draft from Baseball America that had a third baseman out of TCU, Braden Taylor, being mocked to the Orioles at 17. I know that you all did your um, your free uh, six-hour um, – you were doing the, the, the podcast yesterday. I know there was a mock draft in there that I missed. Is Braden Taylor still the guy that you all are thinking over there, or has somebody replaced him as who you think the Orioles will be taking tomorrow? Yeah, so, so I'll say this. With the mock drafts, Um, Once you start getting into the teens, it's a little more of a dart throw because you can link players to specific teams as much as you want at that point, but you don't know who's going to be there. You know, you start mocking guys, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, you reasonably can say, hey, here's what we know. Here's who's linked. And and you can expect guys to be there. You can do that even into like seven, eight, nine. Once you're getting into the teens, it's, okay, who's the best guy that's available that kind of fits an organization's philosophy the way we've linked up the earlier picks in the mock. So I I really, really would caution against um, getting overly, oh, we're going to take this guy because he's mocked to us when you're talking about the 17th pick. That's very different than the first, second, or third pick.
Sure, no, absolutely. And it really is a crapshoot at this point because you don't know who's gonna, who's not going to sign or who's going to be wanting too much money. You never know um, what's going to happen with all sorts of stuff like that. And then you see the fans who are um, – they see a guy like Arjun Nimala who, is, uh, who has been mocked to the Orioles at, at different times, and they think, well, the Orioles already have a bunch of shortstops. What would you say to the people that are saying, we don't need a shortstop, why would you draft that? You take the best player available in the draft in baseball, yeah. especially when we're talking about a high schooler. These kids are four or five years away. You don't know what's going to happen in four or five years. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to go sideways in their development. And there's certainly nothing wrong with having a bunch of really good, young, athletic middle infielders in your system who can potentially move positions or are going to be very, very valuable in the trade market. Um, just take the best player available. Don't worry about position. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there. And then finally, and we know you're a busy guy, so we want to get you out of here so you can get back to your duties there. But um, uh, Maryland star shortstop Matt Shaw, um, he's been touted as potentially going in the teens, maybe the 20s, maybe higher. Um, is that somebody who you – and again, we know it's like throwing darts at a dartboard, as you just said. Um, is that somebody who you think the Orioles could have an interest in? And if he's there at 17, how likely do you think they'd be to take him? Yeah, certainly. Again, I mean, he fits in that range. He's a very, very good player as well. And look, if you get to that point in the draft and he's still there and he's the best player available, yeah, the Orioles can take him. Again, there's all sorts of possibilities. It's really just going to depend on what happens in front of them, you know, who falls for whatever reason. You know, if guys start taking underslot deals and more talented players start falling down the board a little bit. There's so many things that can happen. Again, trying to peg any specific player to sure. anyone specific at 17, 20, 22 is kind of a fool there. Sure, sure. All right, Kyle. Well, then we won't ask you for a prediction for number 17 because you've said it multiple <laughs> times that there's you, you really can't pinpoint it. There's too many guys that are up in the air for that. But uh, what do you have coming up the rest of this week, and what can we be looking for at Baseball America from you? Yeah, well, today's the Futures game. We're going to have full wall-to-wall coverage of that. And then tomorrow, the draft, we'll have full wall-to-wall coverage of that. And then I'll have full coverage of the Home Run Derby Monday, the All-Star Game Tuesday. You know, this is a big week for us at BA, and we're going to have lots and lots and lots of great content coming from uh, every city these next few days here in Seattle. And where can our uh, listeners find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Kyle A. Glazer. Uh, that's on social media, then. Um, obviously, at the website, baseballamerica.com, we'll have all the content and subscribe to the magazine, Baseball America. Uh, you know, find us all sorts of places. There's great content coming to you in multiple formats. So I encourage everyone to check it out. All right, Kyle. Thank you so much for taking some time for us on a, the busiest, maybe the busiest weekend of the year for you. We certainly appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon down the line. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. That was Kyle Glazer from Baseball America, gracious enough to join the show today. I can't stress enough how busy that guy is. Oh, I'm sure. Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo, all of the, Carlos Colazzo, all oh, yeah. of these guys. The fact that they're willing to take time to come on our show for 10 to 15 yeah. minutes, I think it's just awesome. So thank you so much to Kyle Glazer from Baseball America for taking time to join the show today. Um, what are we going to do here? You know what? We're going to catch our second break because we got a lot to cover in the next segment. Today's show is brought to you by 
the latest edition of Press Box, which is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact the late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles a path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, the payoff pitch around the league and Orioles banter. That's next on the Bat-A-Round. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Griffin Bass, and I have the extraordinary, mind-blowing, and life-affirming pleasure of being the new producer for the absolute funniest, smartest, and most handsome sports host in all of Baltimore. Wait a second. Glenn. I'm working for you, not Jeremy Kahn. 
If you're not listening to Glenn Clark Radio, here's what you're missing. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, appreciate it. Happy to be on. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot, good to be with you. He is Gunnar Henderson. Thank you all so much. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. Watch Glenn Clark Radio at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio or anytime on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. Welcome back into the Bat Around. Thank you for joining us today on a muggy Saturday. It feels, you know, it's muggy like, every day yeah. in, in Baltimore. This yeah. has been the worst like three weeks of weather you could ever imagine. I'm so glad I was gone for like five days of it because this has been horrible. I, my baseball season started the, the first Sunday in April. We've played for three months. You know how many games we played? Guess how many games Can't we played? Can't be many. Six. It rains like every day. We've played <laughs> six games. Yeah. Games yeah. in three months. And no, it's supposed ninety-one percent chance of rain at, at game time tomorrow. Tomorrow is supposed to be an absolute downpour. Yeah, so. yeah. And I'm supposed to play golf in Maryland Golf and Country Club tomorrow too. So, yeah. awesome, awesome rain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we need it, guys. When everybody was saying a few like a month ago, we need rain. We need rain. Be and careful. then we got be it. Be careful what you wish in, for. In it hasn't stopped. I just want snow this winter. Like no, give me, no. give me snow. feet of snow. F-snow. I need move, feet. Move, move to Colorado. Eventually, move, I will. Move I, I, by I, the way, <laughs> I sometimes I forget that the Colorado Rockies are a team because they're so. I, I would argue they're the most irrelevant team in baseball. I was, I was, that's where I was looking yeah, for. I, they are so irrelevant. They rarely make news for anything they do. Like, and they really have no one notable on that team right now. I mean, Jeremy Marquez, Herman, German, I don't know how you say it. He, Herman Marquez. He is a solid pitcher. Like, he is a legit big league pitcher. You've got guys on that team who are legit big league players. But there's really no one noteworthy on that team that I would get that excited Well, about. the ownership has no idea what the hell they're doing. One right. day one day they're trading Nolan Arenado, and then the next year they're signing Chris, Ky- Oh, yeah, Chris I forgot. Bryant. Chris Bryant plays for the... Chris Bryant was never... After his rookie year, Chris Bryant was good, but he wasn't rookie hey, year Chris I mean, Bryant. He, he, he won an MVP. The uh, Like, he was a rookie of the year, and then he won an MVP. So he was good. He's just never 16, been... 16, he won an MVP. I, don't I know, think he was a rookie in 15. You might be right. I know he's won an MVP. He, I know he was a National League MVP. It was either it was maybe a, it was seventeen, but um, he was the MVP in yeah sixteen, right? So then he ended up having a good, a very good year, a very good year in seventeen, but then every year since then has just started to get worse. And he's only played he only played forty two games last year. He only played fifty one games in twenty twenty one. He's been injured a lot. Uh, twenty twenty, he only played half the games and had a horrible year. This year, he's, you know. 
or sorry, excuse me, 18% worse than the major league average hitter. So not a, not another great year for, for Chris Bryant. Yeah, I mean, six home runs, 19 RBIs, 56 games played. He signed this big contract with Colorado. He's played 98 games in two years. Again, right, and if you look at the numbers, really every number since 20, the MVP year, he just hasn't put up anything since. And well, 17 was, was a good year. He but. Was, 17 was a good year, and so was 2019. But the home runs have completely dropped off. I mean, he had, I mean, th- he had 31 in 2019. He had 25 in 2021. The home runs haven't dropped off. He just hasn't played. 31? Oh, yeah, you're right. 31, 29. Yeah, I mean... He was an all-star. He was an all-star in 2021 also. I mean, he's, he's a good player. He's been better than I thought, I guess, but... He's a good player. The problem is he doesn't stay on the field. Absolutely. He, yeah. does, he, he, has, yeah. he hasn't played 150 games since 2017, and he's only played 140 games twice since 2019. What's he, amazing is he struck out almost 200 times his rookie year. And still one he's, rookie And he's year. actually really cut that number down. So that's, that's one well, thing. Well, I mean, he struck out 199 times to lead the majors, but he also slashed 275, 369, 488, quite a, 858. Quite a good year. As a, I mean, he's got an 869 career uh, OPS and a 374 career on base percentage. He's a damn good baseball player. He's just never on the field. Yeah, and he's getting paid. I guess, I guess that's true. I, I over under, twenty million a year to, I not, to not play. I underrated him. I, I was I was See, thinking he was worse than he has been. He's actually been pretty good. After that debacle two weeks ago with the with take to rake, mm-hmm. I have to I have to check you check up <laughs> on your on your numbers. Now. I mean, I I'm just going off my memory, and I I don't remember Chris Bryant ever being what he was in that MVP year as rookie year. I just remember him being quite worse, and he he's been slightly worse, but he's still been like you said. A, when a damn he good plays, he's very good. When he plays, he's very, when he plays consistently. Where I'm saying like there's not a big lull like a week, three weeks on the on the IL. Then he plays ten games and he's back on the IL. When he plays consistently, mm-hmm. the numbers are going to be there. Yeah. He, he is a very good baseball player. It, look, it looks to be that way. But you're right about the Rockies' path overall, which is what got us yeah. to the whole Chris Bryant situation. Is that they really? And I did a sounding off segment on it probably two years ago at this point. Yeah. That I thought the Rockies had no path because. You trade away again, Nolan Arenado, the the maybe the best player in your franchise history, or certainly one of them. And then next year you go out and sign Chris Bryant. Yeah, they have no idea what they're doing for a hundred and what seventy million. They signed Chris they Bryant. They gave for? a lot of money, and maybe if he's on the field, he's worth that. I mean, I would argue he is. If you look at the numbers, which I, again I was I was drastically underrating him, but that's that's confusing. And they yeah. signed Marquez, I think, to a fifty million dollar extension just like two years ago or a year and a half ago. So they are. In an interesting situation, Brendan Rodgers is a guy I've always liked, though. I will say, I mean, there's some guys. That I love are, Charlie Blackman. He's a great, yeah, sure. I, I love Charlie Blackman. They, I, Ryan, they, Ryan McMahon's really come on in the mm-hmm. past year and a half. Um, you look at I, I've always been a jerks and Profar fan. I think he's a fun utility player, kind of like a better Ryan Flaherty, where he's always he's that's al- Ryan Flattery. Ryan Ryan Flaherty. Um, but no, there, there's some okay players on this team. Kyle Freeland is not a bad pitcher overall, but no one to really get excited what? about. <laughs> What a thing to say about a player. He's not a bad he's pitcher. Not, he's not a bad pitcher. Like, Kyle Freeland is a very average major league pitcher. He's not a, he's not, he's not a good pitcher. He's not a bad pitcher. He's a guy. He, yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's, he's a, guy. a pitcher. It's like, it's like Kyle Gibson. Like, he's a guy. Kyle, he's not a, Kyle Freeland is a pitcher. Yes. He all, all the Kyles. Kyle Freeland pitches. I mean, Kyle Bradish is a very good pitcher. Right now, he literally, if, if we're talking about the epitome of average, he is the epitome of average. He is a 101 ERA plus, so he's 1% better than the average major league pitcher. The epitome Kyle of average Freeland. would be 100 then. Well, I guess... <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> but but let, me, let, me, let me back up here, Paul. Um, 
<laughs> you know it's actually. Seri- I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm you gonna know quit. it's serious when he uses I, uh, my name. Let me let me back up here, Paul. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, rescind all of my comments and let you move us on to the next segment. It's so funny. My my, my wife gets mad at me if I use her name. Oh really? We call Wait. each other babe so much. Babe. And it's funny because I used to have a I, I had a friend who. Anytime I was with he and his girlfriend, it was just babe, 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 babe. Oh, yeah, I used to, especially I, when you're like third wheel and like it's so annoying. I used to make fun of them so hard for mm-hmm. it. And now it's literally all my wife and I call each other is babe. Nice. And so if I call her Laura, she's like, stop saying my name. It makes me feel like you're mad at me when you say my name. I'm, so I can't say her name. I, I have to, she, I, I have to, re, even if we're in an argument, I have to call her babe so, all right, know, Paul. so she knows everything's okay. All right, Paul. All right, Zach. Um, <laughs> And now it's time for man off the rails, for the payoff pitch around the league. Cole Irvin allowed one run on just three hits over six and the third innings in his best start as an Oriole, and Ramona Rios smacked an RBI double in the tenth to lead the Birds over the Twins three to one. Alec Manoa returned to the mound and returned to form, allowing just one run in six innings with eight Ks. Wow, I didn't hear that. And Whit Merrifield homered and drove in four in a Blue Jays drubbing of the Tigers twelve to two. JT Realmuto homer, but Christian Pache uh, played the hero with a pinch hit two-run shot and a three-run ninth to give the Phillies the lead as they took down the Marlins 4-3. Sean Murphy blasted a two-run homer, and Charlie Morton dominated his former club over six in the third innings of one-run balls. The Rays stayed winless in July, dropping their sixth straight, this time to the Braves 2-1. Jameson Tyon asserted his dominance against his former team, allowing just one hit over eight shutout innings as the Cubs shut out the Yankees 3-0. Cody Bellinger homered in the victory. Corey, where did that go? Uh, sorry, my my screen went too far down. Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia each homer to lead the Rangers over the Nationals seven to two. Joey Menezes homered twice to account for the Nationals' offense in the loss. Jaron Duran, Justin Turner, and Alex Verdugo each collected two hits in an RBI, and the Red Sox defeated the A's seven to three. Aaron Savale tossed seven shutout innings, allowing just two hits to lead the Guardians over the Royals three to nothing. Josh Bell homered in the victory. In a back-and-forth affair that saw Nolan Arenado hit two two-run homers, it was a bases-loaded walk that in, walk in the bottom of the seventh that won it for the White Sox, 8-7 to seven over the Cardinals. Luis Robert, the one seed of Monday's home run derby, homered to tie the game in the se- at seven in the seventh. The Mariners tallied nine runs on six hits, three walks, and a hit-by-pitch in the fourth inning to chase starter Hunter Brown as Seattle toppled Houston 10-1. to Willie Adamas homered and drove in three-to-back six innings, a two-run ball from Corbin Burns as the Brewers upended the Reds 7-3. to Lourdes Gurriel homered and doubled twice to drive in four, and Zach Gallon scattered four hits across seven innings of one-run ball to pick up his 11th victory as the D-backs cruised to a 7-3 victory over the Pirates. Francisco Lindor homered and added an RBI single on a four-run 10th as the Mets took down the underachieving Padres 7-5. Manny Machado homered, doubled, and drove in three for the Padres. Zach, on the show in this segment just last week, Griffin and I were talking about how Manny was having the worst season of his career with an OPS of 678. Since then, in six games, he's 11 for 25, four home runs, 11 RBIs, 440, Still your favorite player? So I love Manny Machado. Yeah, I, I, I love him too. But he is um, well over 700 now for his OPS. One week, he's just absolutely torched it. Yeah, that's um, good. Mookie Betts homered twice while Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez, and Will Smith added bombs of their own as the Dodgers laid waste to the Angels 11-4. J.D. Martinez now second on the team with 21 home runs and tied for first with 61 RBIs. Former number one overall pick Mickey Moniak continued his breakout season mm. in the loss, collecting two hits, including his 10th home run, and is now batting 310 with a 992 OPS in just 37 games. So Mickey Moniak really proving why he was the number one overall pick. 
by the Phillies back in 2016. And then finally, those irrelevant Colorado Rockies took on the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. Ezekiel Tovar hit a big three-run homer in the seventh inning to break a 2-2 tie, and Austin Gomer allowed two runs over six innings to pick up the victory as the Rockies beat the Giants 5-2. Don't look now, but Gomer has allowed just two runs in each of his last three starts that yeah. has seen his ERA drop from 710 to 640. Yeah, I feel like the, the Rockies and the Marlins are those two teams where you never really hear about. Like The Marlins are playing really good baseball And they are. Year. They're playing. Luis Arias is having the greatest year of his career, and he could possibly hit 400, although I believe he's in the lower 390s now or, or maybe even lower than 386 that. 386 after 386, one for four yeah. last night. So they're a team that has been really exciting, great young, you know, whole core really, and you never hear anything about them. But the Rockies are another team you don't you don't hear anything about, but rightfully so. The Colorado Rockies. You, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you that I did both of these segments last week. Yeah, preparing them on a Friday night sucked. Yeah, it takes a little. So while. actually, Griffin read the segment, but I prepared it. Okay, for the what's got on it, tap, got it. Got and it. it sucked. Doing that on Friday night I, I have a was se- awful. I have a secret for you on how to do it. I'll show you uh, after the show. I'm never going to do we'll it discuss. again. Okay. <laughs> Drew Smiley, the lefty veteran, takes on the r- left righty veteran, excuse me, Garrett Cole, at a 105 game at Yankee Stadium, Cubs and the Yankees. Kevin Gaussman, the former Oriole, takes on Matt Manning, the Tigers righty. That's 110 at Comerica Park, Blue Jays and Tigers. Tyler Wells goes for your Baltimore Orioles against one of the best pitchers in baseball this year, Sonny Gray, against the Twins, 210 the at Target game Field. the Orioles won last weekend against the Twins. That's true. Miles Michaelis faces Tukey Toussaint for the White Sox. 210 at guaranteed right field, the Cardinals and the Sox. Rockies and Giants, 405 at Oracle Park. Connor Siebold and Ryan Walker. Siebold looks to get it going. 662 ERA. He needs to get it going this year. Andrew Heaney takes on Jake Irvin, Texas and Washington, 405 at Nationals Park. Brady Singer takes on Gavin Williams as the Royals battle the Guardians in a AL Central battle. That's 410 in Cleveland. Paul Blackburn, who could possibly be traded these next few weeks, takes on the lefty veteran James Paxton. The A's and the Red Sox, 410 at Fenway Park. Pirates take on the D-backs, 410 at Chase Field. Mitch Keller goes against To Be Determined. Rangers Suarez takes on Braxton Garrett. Phillies and the Marlins, another in-division battle, 410 at Lone Depot Park. The Reds take on the Brewers. Luke Weaver, he'll go against Colin Ray, 410 at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Brian Wu takes on the lefty superstar pitcher, Framber Valdez, as the Mariners battle the Astros, 715 in Houston. Spencer Strider, is already 10-2 on the year, takes on Taj Bradley as the Braves look to keep going with that losing streak that the Rays have had over the past six games, 7-15 at Tropicana Field. Reed Detmers takes on to be determined as the Angels go just a little bit south to battle the Dodgers, 9-10 at Dodger Stadium. Mets and the Padres, final game of the night, 10-10. David Peters in the lefty takes on another lefty in Blake Snell, who's kind of having a resurgence year here, 10-10 at Petco Park. That's what we got on tap, Paul. So the Orioles lineup is out. Interesting. I didn't see this. And... Leading off, playing shortstop, Gunnar Henderson. Batting second, catching, Adley Rutschman. Batting third, DHing, Anthony Santander. Batting fourth, playing first base, Ryan O'Hearn. Uh, batting fifth, o- welcome, O'Hearn. Back, welcome back to the lineup, playing left field, Austin Hayes. Batting sixth in center field, Aaron Hicks. Batting seventh in right field, Colton Kalser. Batting eighth at third base, Ramona Rios. And batting ninth at second base, Adam Frazier. So let me ask you this. It's a right-handed pitcher. Mullins is 0-for-8 in his career against Sonny Gray, so I get why he's not mm-hmm. playing. Um, Adam Fraser is 2-for-16. Why is he playing over Westberg? 
You know, I, Frazier should be getting very few starts right now with Westberg playing the way he is. He's I just saw he has one of the highest batting averages over the first 10 games in Orioles history. Mm-hmm. And I think the only guy that's beating him might be, I could be wrong on this, it might be Cal Ripken, if I, but I could be wrong. And then Gunnar Henderson was like right behind him. So extremely good first stretch of games for Jordan Westberg where he's looked really good. I have no idea why he's not in the lineup today. So then you look at Aaron Hicks is 0 for 13. Why is he playing? I, that's a great question. Aaron Hicks, 0 for 13. Great question. In the lineup. Adam Frazier, 2 for 16 in the lineup. Yeah, you could even if you wanted to keep Frazier in the lineup, you could have put Hicks in the outfield and then... Um, sorry, no, that's not going to work. That keeps them both in the lineup. That keeps that's, them what both. They, that's what they've done. <laughs> Excuse me. That is what they've on. done. Let, let, me, let me rephrase this. If you want to put Santander in the outfield instead of Hicks and then have uh, Colton Kowser play center field and then you can put Westberg in the lineup... Um, in that DH spot, that would work. That would that'd be something that would actually be plausible. It doesn't make any sense to me that you had that you don't start Mullins, despite because I'm guessing because he's 0 for eight. It's a right-handed pitcher. He's 0 for eight. Yeah. But then you do start Aaron Hicks, who's 0 for 13, and you do start Adam Frazier, who has one of the lowest batting averages on balls in play in the league. Yeah. He's hitting 230, and he's two for 16 against him. What if the numbers over the past two weeks or so looked up? Oh, looked like for Aaron Hicks. Because there um, was there was a point in time where he wasn't hitting the way he he was when he first came to the Orioles, but I think these past few games have been more. So Hicks, productive. his his last seven games, he's batting two twenty seven with a two eighty on base percentage. Not his great. last fifteen games, he's batting two seventeen with a three fifteen on base percentage. It's worse. Yeah. Um, well, not not really. I guess the on base is better. Yeah, not not as good as when he he first came to Baltimore. Let's, yeah, he, that's he, the moral of the story. He's gotten to the point that you knew he was going to get to, where now he's become the fourth outfielder on right. the team he didn't play last night because of the sore Achilles right why do you have to play him today especially when he's 0 for 13 against today's starting pitcher you certainly don't and again you can find with with Santander being that DH there's versatility you have in moving guys around in this lineup you I can put Santander in the outfield I don't understand how, how you don't play Westberg I don't understand why you don't play Mullins his bat's starting to come around right. if you can play Hicks at 0 right. for 13 you can play Mullins at 0 for 8 if it was a lefty I'd totally understand because Mullins right. has really struggled against lefties and he's even better than he was last year I think but he they, they've had him in what the five hole the seven hole lately when he plays lefties and that's you know, I, I guess for a guy who hit what two ten against lefties last year, and he's been better this year. I think probably up against two thirty, two forty at this point. No, he, he's been better than that. Better than that, okay. Um, versus left-handed pitching, it doesn't have it. How do you not have there's? I'll find it. I'll find it. I got it. I mean, no, I, I can find it. I know exactly where to find it. I was just thought that they, they would have it on MLB site, and they don't. Um, I just I, I don't understand. The, the lineup decision. Yeah, you're right. He's actually at 250 against lefties this year. So yeah, and he, he's he actually was, he, pretty good. Before recently, he was hitting like, I think he was about, like around like 290 at one point wow. early, earlier in the year before he got hurt. Well, I think it's fair to say that he has more power against righties, but it's also a bigger sample size. He's hit far more home runs against right handed pitching in his career. Yeah, I just, I, I don't understand. And it's a moot point because it's a right handed pitcher today. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I don't understand the lineup choices. Last night and then today, field your best. It's July, man. Field right. your best. Your best team. Well, again, I, I've talked about it for the past three or sh- four shows. Have been on that they're going to show how serious they are in the month of July. Really, yeah. they are because the trade deadline's right around the corner. It's not in July, but it's pretty pretty close. And 
you know, I, this Kowser promotion shows me they're pretty serious because that was one of the big humps they had to get over. The Westberg promotion a few weeks ago, also one of the big humps they had to get over. Now it's, are you going to be able to add at the trade deadline to supplement what you have? Because as you've been saying, you can't have run out a team of half rookies in this lineup. That's just, it's it's plausible. You, you, you can. Maybe next year. You, you can, but you, but, but you also. Here, here's the other thing. They're also seeming to, one of the counter arguments that nobody made to me that I thought of when we were talking to Stan is that they seem to be to know the right time to call these guys up. They have, yeah. You they know, they, they, when they called Rutschman, that was, I mean, he would have been the starting catcher if it hadn't been the triceps injury sure. last year. He would have been there on opening day. Gunnar Henderson came up and hit the ground running. Westberg has, yeah. Kalzer has. They seem to know when to call these guys At up. At least on the hitter side. Because I think you can make the argument for Grayson Rodriguez that it was a bit too early. But that's... Maybe. The, the, his first start against Texas, the first inning was bad, but then he was really good the next four That's innings. That's true. His, his second start against Oakland, I was at that game. He pitched a lot better than people act like he pitched. Because I agree. He, he didn't give up runs. He gave up six runs in that start, but four of them scored in the fifth inning. Right. And I, I remember. It was just and, a blow-up fifth inning. Well, But it, it, three of them scored after he left the game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he left the game with six runs on the board. He left the game having given up two earned runs or something like that. And then I believe it was uh, Brian Baker came in, came in and gave up or, – or, no, it was both – came in and immediately gave up runs. Okay. So uh, it's it, – and then he was really good against the White Sox. He was really good against the Tigers twice. You know, it, it's – Grayson Rodriguez, it's not that he wasn't ready. His, he had a mechanical issue, in I my think opinion. My, my point here is that they brought him up in more of a spot of need. Whereas Colton Kowser is not really here in a spot of need. Jordan Westbrook's not here in a spot of need. They were brought up because they were deemed ready. And yeah. I guess they're bringing Grayson Rodriguez up knowing that he is ready, but also because they didn't have a starter that, yeah. that particular night. So Well, yeah, they, they had to call him up after the Braddish injury. Right. That, that's, that's true. And then Irvin was so bad that they sent him down. But If you look at what Irvin did last, last night, um, the, the breaking stuff was far better it was than really I think good. we've ever seen it. it was really good. And then, you know, he hung a lot of fastballs and change-ups, and he got lucky on a lot of them. I mean, the one Byron Buxton hit, I think it was like a 92-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. Good hitters are going to get you there. I don't think the Twins, as you've said in the past, they don't really have a talented lineup. There's not a, a lot of guys where you, they come up and you go, this guy could easily do a lot of damage at this point. They don't yeah. have a super talented lineup. So any other lineup might have done a lot more damage. I don't know. The lineup t- last night and today, I, I, it just doesn't make make any sense to me. And I've been trying really hard to not complain about the lineups <laughs> on, on Twitter. I, I'm just so and Brandon tired. Hyde in general. I, yeah, I'm just so tired of the backlash. But it's other people doing it for me. They're complaining about them. I've seen it. The lineup the last two days, yesterday and today, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, and yeah, you yeah. you got a win yesterday. He uh, one guy gets one big hit, and Brandon Hyde falls in love with him and puts him in the lineup the next day. Uh, Ramona Rios, why is he playing today? Why why is he playing two days in a row when you have Jordan Westberg? Good why, question. Why, why is Adam Frazier in the lineup when you have Jordan Westberg? Why is Aaron Hicks in the lineup when you have Cedric Mullins and he's uh, Aaron Hicks is over thirteen against a starting pitcher, and Adam Frazier is two for sixteen? It doesn't yeah. make it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you have an opportunity to to field a lineup that has Hayes in left, Mullins in center, Kalzer in right, Santander DHing, Westberg at sh- at second base, yep. uh, Gunner at um, shortstop, and I guess Arias at third base. So that Arias, yeah. that's fine. He can play. Um, <laughs> it's okay. He, yeah, he, he can play. <laughs> he can play. He, he can play too, buddy. Get in there. <laughs> and Adley rushed behind the plate. That would yeah. be the best lineup you have fielded in six years. 
I guess the silver lining today is that Mateo is not playing. Yeah, baseball. but but whatever, man. I mean, you're playing other guys who aren't much better. Yeah. Uh, well, I I wouldn't say they're not much better. Or Mateo is hitting two fourteen. Aaron Hicks is hitting two seventeen over his last. What's the OBPs games. though? I mean, Mateo's uh, got to bo- be like bo- both well below three hundred. Yeah, I mean that's probably true. I mean, I, I think you said Hicks's was two eighty and yeah. maybe two fifty for Mateo if he if he's lucky. I, I yeah, I wouldn't know if it was that high. It doesn't. Someone in the comments, by the way, said was stressing the fact that we were wrong on Mateo and that he really should be a bench piece. And I don't think either of us are really arguing that. No, we, we said he should be on. the He bench. should be a bench piece, but then again, is. Ortiz a better bench piece? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Is Ortiz, with the defense he brings, with the bat he brings, a I think better he's bench traded. piece? Ortiz is? I think, I think Ortiz is getting traded. I think Westbrook could easily get traded, too. I don't think they're trading Westbrook. I think that they're looking at him as maybe their future second baseman. I think Ortiz is getting traded. I think Norby's getting traded. Um, I, see, I think Norby's a better player than Westbrook. That's my opinion. He might be a better hitter long run, but I think yeah. I, I think Westbrook's a better athlete. I think Westbrook a little more versatile, a, sure. is, a better, is a more versatile defender. Yeah. You know, this has turned into Orioles banter without us even leaning to be <laughs> Orioles banter. Yeah, I just true. don't, I don't understand the lineup today. I'm not a fan of it. Of course, every time this year that I've bitched about the lineup, they then go out and they do something. Big, but it so. is a day game, so I never have confidence in the Orioles in day games. Yeah, they're, they're seven to one Twins. What? Yeah, they've scored six runs in four games against the Twins. Yeah. Six. Any who's a what's it's. Um, all right, so we're gonna do we're gonna combine Orioles. Uh, that was Orioles banter. Thanks for tuning in to Orioles banter. Uh, sounding off with Zach Goodman is gonna be a fun one today. It's always fun, but this one's gonna be extra fun because it's about the home run derby. Zach, what do you got for us? All right, guys, I want to read off the preliminary matchups. These are the round one matchups for players in the home run derby. You have Luis Robert against Baltimore's own Adley Rutschman as the first matchup. Pete Alonso will take on Julio Rodriguez. That's the second matchup. Pete Alonso, obviously, last year, the champion of the Home Run Derby. Mookie Betts will take on a former champion, I believe 2021 champion, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then Adolis Garcia will take on Randy Rosarena and probably the weirdest matchup. Um, and, Paul, I'll let you – here, I'll, I'll just – you can grab the paper from me if you want. That's all right. Okay. Uh, you said Garcia versus – Randy Rosarena is the final matchup. So – we're going to try to do our best to predict who's going to go forward in these first matchups. But the way the Home Run Derby has worked in previous years, and we couldn't really find exactly the way it's going to work this year, but it really you, you move on and, and face who's, the next guy depending on how many home runs you've hit. Who's Vladdy taking on? Vladdy's taking on Mookie Betts. Mookie's having such a good year. He is having it, a great year. I mean, superstar overall. But Yeah, but I, like, I feel like maybe he was falling off after his years in Boston. Man, he is just tearing the cover well, off You know, at the end of the day, he just doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he's in... A team that has, you know, ten of their superstars. Really, I mean, he's it, the best player on that team. He is he, now, he, but he hasn't been in the previous he, years. He, he and Fr- well, Freddie Freeman might be, but he and Freddie Freeman. It's an are interesting argument. There. I mean, Freddie Freeman plays Gold Glove defense. I mean, Clayton Kershaw last year had like a two point one ERA, he's, and he's been better this year. Yeah. Um, but Freddie Freeman hits over three hundred every year. He has thirty homers and drives in a hundred every year. Yeah. He, he plays Gold Glove defense. Mookie Betts is more athletic, but Freddie Freeman is going to have the yeah. better stat line at the end of the year. It's countless good players on that team. But, I mean, but, Walker Buehler is out for the whole year this year, unfortunately. M- but. Mookie might is going to have a better war than Freddie Freeman. Oh yeah, I think because so. of the defense. Defensive value. So Pete Alonso is taking on who? Pete Alonso is taking on Julio Rodriguez of Seattle, and then, like I said, Rutschman and Luis Robert is the first matchup. So Rutschman is actually the eight seed in this one, um, and they were seeded based on how many home runs they hit at the point where they were selected. So Rutschman had hit like 11 home runs when he was selected, so that's why he ended he up coming has, in the It's weird that he's in the home run derby. Um, it's a little weird. But th- he's Adley Rutschman. That's why he's in. Exactly. Um, who, what, who's the two seed? 
So the two seed, I have to pull up the exact seeds. I think Pete Alonso is your two seed. And uh, there, was actually a t- there was actually a tiebreaker between Luis Robert and Pete Alonso. And Luis Robert came out on top. He's the one seed. Okay, so then is uh, Garcia the three seed? Garcia is your... Or is it Mookie? Four, Mookie's the three seed. Garcia's the four seed. All right, so that's four, five, three, six. Rosa is your five seed. Guerrero is your six seed. Rodriguez is your seven seed. Yeah. Which... Almost just, I don't want to completely try to to make a whole new strategy of how they pick these guys, but you're right. Adley Rutschman being in the home run derby is a little weird. It makes sense because he's Adley Rutschman. He's the number one overall pick, and the fan favorites come around him. But also, I, I find that Randy Rosarena is an odd choice. I, I mean, he's hit a lot of home runs this year. He ended up being the five seeds right he's in the middle of the He's an exciting pack. player. He's a good player, an exciting player, but I feel like there are other guys that just make, like Bryce Harper, it would be a fantastic addition to this. He's a previous winner. Yeah, Mike, he's only got three home runs this year. Mike Trout's injured now, I believe, but he would have been a fun choice. There are some guys who would have been more fun choices than, than Randy Rosarena. Yeah, that's I mean, what it is. Bryce Harper, you can't justify a guy. I mean, he's Bryce I guess Harper, not. but with three home runs this year. He hasn't homered I, in like 100. I'm still confident if he goes in a home run derby, he oh, yeah. destroys a Rosarena. I mean, he, he, he won the home run derby in 2018. I think it was the year that it was at Nat, Nats Park, so I want to yeah, say that I, was 19 or 18, yeah. It, he was. Um, it was when he was still on DC, and he's been in Philly right, since right. 2019. Yeah. He, I think, he won it in 2018. And by the way, Adolis Garcia has hit 23 home runs already. He has a 3.4 WAR. He's actually had a really good year, and he's yes. part of what's leading Texas. He's a guy who, in previous years, I would have just said is a pure power guy, pure homer guy, and this year he's really turned into an all of the above. So, yeah. 32% he's a, he's a great defender. Yeah, like Adolis Garcia is the is the full package right now. One of the guys really leading that Texas lineup. Corey Seager is hitting 361 this year. Wow, is he really? Yeah, 361. See, Corey Seager even makes more sense to me than Randy Rosarena, uh, but he only has 12 home runs, but he, that was more than Rutschman he, yeah, when but, that time but, he was selected. but he also missed a lot of time. That's true. He's, I think That's he's only true. played like 56 games. That's true. Yeah. All well, right, let's get this going. Sure. All right, so what are we doing now? Robert and Rutschman. Who, who you have, have geez, between Robert and Rutschman? Um, I'm taking... Adley, and I'll tell you okay. why. And it's not because he's Adley. It's because, one, he's batting left-handed. Short porch in Seattle. Okay. And two, his father's throwing him batting practice. If anybody knows how to throw to Adley <laughs> Rutschman, That's it's true. his dad. His dad has been helping him bat since he was a small child. Adley's going to beat uh, okay. Luis Robert. I got to go Luis Robert. I mean, the guy's hit 26 home runs already this year. Freak of nature, athletically. Tons of power. We've seen it. I mean, he hit in very small sample sizes over the past few years. He already has 62 home runs in his career. This is a guy who has just pure power, destroyed the minor leagues. I think I'm going to take... I think he has a little more power than Rutschman. I'm pretty confident Luis Robert He's going to hit a lot of pop-ups. Maybe, but so could Rutschman. I mean, every guy does that. Rutschman might end up hitting a few more ground balls than Luis Robert. Robert has a very elevated swing, one of those that just is built for launch angle home runs. Have you seen Adley's home run swing? Oh, 100%. But It's it's a complete circle. Fair, you're right. It's pretty steep. Yeah. Pretty steep. All right, Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez. I think this Pete, one's pretty clear. Pete Alonso. Pete, Alon- Pete Alonso and now, Al- Julio hit 28 in a round last year. He hit 84 True. In, in the home run derby last year. True. This is in Seattle. Yeah. But Pete Alonso's won this thing twice. <laughs> Pete Alonso is... I have a prediction here, and I'll, I'll make it later. But Pete Alonso's going to win this one. Mookie Betts and Vladimir Guerrero. Vladdy. I think I'm going to go Mookie Betts, actually. Mookie's a good player, man, but I, I, I look at Mookie as a guy who's just a line drive hitter 
who puts good swings on the ball, and that's why he hits a lot of home runs. Th- that could be true, but and, uh, and Vladdy, Vladdy knows how to hit. I mean, you saw him at nineteen. What was he? Nineteen years old, and he and he was just bashing baseballs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> didn't Vladdy, as like a twelve-year-old kid, hit like a four hundred and thirty-foot yeah, shot at like uh, at, at the old Ranger Stadium? I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, he's. Freak of nature, power-wise, but Mookie Betts is one of the most athletic guys. He's like Luis Robert in a lot of ways. Maybe he doesn't have quite the power that Robert has. I remember at the end of some of those rounds, Vladdy was getting kind of tired. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna bet on that again. He's not he's not a thin man. No, he's not he's, he's not a thin mitt. Um, he is <laughs> he's a he's a pretty, no, he's not. He's a pretty big man. Um, Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena probably the toughest matchup to choose here. Oh, it's Garcia. But I think Garcia is probably gonna win this one. Um, two smaller guys like you look at Guerrero. He's obviously like we just mentioned a little bit bigger. Uh, Pete Alonso is huge, the polar bear. Uh, Adley Rutschman's a little bit bigger than Luis Robert is. Mookie's, There's a clear Mookie's a little guy. Mookie is a little guy, and that you might be right. It might give him a little less of an advantage here. Um, Randy Rosarena, I just don't think he's doing it. We'll go with Dolas Garcia there for right. the final one. So looking at this, I went Rutschman, and you went Luis Robert. I went yes. uh, Garcia. You went Garcia, right? I went Garcia. Yeah. I I went Vladdy. You went Mookie, and we both went Pete Alonso. Yeah. So, my prediction overall, I think Pete Alonso is going to be remembered for a lot of things, but I think Pete Alonso is going to be like the Joey Chestnut of home run derbies, where every year he comes in and just destroys everyone. I can, I can, I love that. I love that. That's maybe the best thing you've ever seen, you've ever said on this show. I love that, that uh, comparison. He is the Joey Chestnut of the home run derby. I mean, the guy The guy hits home runs in his sleep, man. He's just going to show up and just do his thing, like mm-hmm. Joey Chestnut does. He, Did you see, by the way, the, the, the introduction for Joey Chestnut when he came out on the 4th of July? No, man. I was too busy <laughs> doing, like, adult things. Well, <laughs> I, feel, I feel terrible about myself now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cry. <laughs> I was rearranging um, my living room. Okay. Uh, it, it, wasn't, right. it was nothing New, new couch coming in soon. Yeah. Um, no, that's. But it really is a great comparison because he's he's just going to show up and do his thing. Pete Alonso is unbelievably strong. Again, not a thin mint, um, but he, that's what he's known for. And you he's, remember the Bugs Bunny cartoon where Bugs would be pitching and he'd be facing like that big burly guy who everything he hit just went a, a country mile. I, I, yes, the guy with like the the uh, the big, almost looks like a like a pop belly Paul Bunyan kind of thing. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That's Pete Alonso. Yep. That definitely. Pete Alonso is that guy in the in the bunny in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yep. That that's yep. Pete Alonso. I I love that you said that. He is the Joey Chestnut of the Home Run Derby. I, I just can't see Pete Alonso not ever winning a Home Run Derby he's in. Yeah. He's already done it twice. He's probably going to do it multiple more times in his career. He's won every one that he's been in. Right. <laughs> so it's it's, just, it's hard to even bet against this guy. I mean, if I, I haven't seen the Vegas odds on this. Maybe we can do that in the better round. We can look into that. But, ooh, yeah. great idea. Yeah, I mean. Great idea. You, you would have to imagine that if you place a bet on Pete Alonso, you're going to be making money on that. Not not a lot because I'm sure he's the favorite. I would I would have to imagine, but he's the two time home run derby champion. He's already hit 26 home runs this year, and the rest of his game hasn't really come around. He hasn't you know he never really hits for a ton of average, but only hitting 215 this year. Um, last year hit 271s with stark drop off there. But this guy's a lot of fun, and I, I know people hate that he beat Trey Mancini a few years ago, and I'm not still not over that. Uh, but again, Joey Chestnut of home run derbies. I already have an account. Damn it, Fanduel. You know what? It's um, 
We have a, we have a whole other break. You can do this one. Yeah, you're right. You we 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 do. So Pete, so we're not gonna do like who's gonna win the first round. Well, I think it's hard to predict again because how they how they're going to make it is going to be contingent on who actually hits the most home runs in yeah, their spoiler the winner is going to be Pete Alonso. <laughs> I would I would think so. It's it's going to be Pete Alonso. So if Pete Alonso doesn't win it it's cuz he gets hurt. I was going to say let's do this. If Pete Alonso doesn't win for some reason, who's the guy who actually wins this one? Vladdy. That's yeah, I I I think Julio I, Rodriguez is going to have a really good chance. If if Pete Alonso doesn't win it it's because Julio hit like 30 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the first round because he's at home. Yeah, so you know I, what? I, yeah, I'm just saying, I, I, if, I can agree. If Rodriguez if, beats Alonso, I think he's going all the way. Yeah, if if Alonso loses, it's going to be in the first round, yeah. and then I would think that Julio Rodriguez is going to win it. If I remember correctly, I think Alonso started kind of slow last year, and then he really just turned it on in the end, maybe saving his energy. That Where, was uh, 2021. Was it okay? Yeah, he he didn't compete last because year because Vladdy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Vladdy um, had, you know kind of the opposite situation happened for him where he kind of used all his energy in the beginning and then mm-hmm. really tired out the end. But maybe it's the the other strategy is what's going to work. You always see guys hit less home runs in the first round, it seems like, these days than they do in their final round when they're actually going for the win. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. What I'm, I do I'm know is I'm pretty sure it's going to be Pete Alonzo. Well, what I'm also pretty sure is that Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio has been the place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with the Orioles legend Al Bumbry. Mm. Colton Kowser's father, Dale, after his Major League debut. Not Dale's Major League debut, Colton's <laughs> Major League debut. And Apple TV's Russell Dorsey. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review. Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, the bat around brings you the better round. Take your rake and final thoughts. That and more next on the bat around. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easy. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game. And if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler all right welcome back into the bat around rolling right along here today on the show and now it is time for everybody's favorite segment and that would be Take to rake. So Zach did not get a pick last week. Um, Griffin uh, picked in his stead, uh, but he's not. It doesn't count as a Zach pick. It, oh. count, it counts as a Zach pick, but he didn't win. Um, I took Anthony Santander. Griffin took Adley Rutschman. Son, they okay. both hit three thirty three. It was actually a really good week for both of them. Okay. Santander three thirty three, four sixty seven, five hundred with a nine sixty seven OPS. Okay. He had four doubles, five walks to just two Ks, no RBIs. Adley hit 333, 379, 407, 786. Two doubles, two walks, two RBIs. I didn't okay. look at the case, but he, I think he struck out six times. Um, it's close, but we always when it's that close, we always go by OPS. And Santander's OPS was nearly 200 points higher than yeah. Rutschman's. He had more extra base hits. He got on base more, had more walks. Um, so... Adley, I mean, uh, Santander gets the win here. Okay. He gets the win here, which means I pick first today, and that means that today 
I am going to take. Well, it's really just today and tomorrow. Yeah, and Friday. Right. right. Do, do they play? Yeah, they play Friday. I think so. Yeah. Today, tomorrow, and Friday. So for the next three games, I'm going to take. Well, Mullins doesn't play today. I can't imagine good cows are. Uh, I can't take Tony Taters. No. I'll take Austin Hayes. Okay. I'll take Austin Hayes because he's going to play today. He's going to play tomorrow. He's going to be in the All-Star game, and he's going to play Friday. Yeah, I, I, I was going to take Westberg, but then I realized that there's only three games. And, and he's not playing he's not today. playing in this one. So that's not really a good pick. Uh, I, think they'll both pl- I think Mullins and Westberg will both play today, but yeah. it'll be pinch hitting. You know, give me Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn. Yeah, I want O'Hearn. So Zach, Zach Amundo takes Ryan O'Hearn. Zach Amundo. Actually, I'm going to amend my pick. Can I change my pick? Nope, you already made it. God. All right. Well, whatever. It's fine. It's like it's Let's like, go Ryan O'Hearn. It's like chess. As soon as you take your, fi- your finger off All the right, pace, your, your move has made. Who are we going to change it to? I was going to say Henderson, but I'll, I'll stick with O'Hearn. That's fine. It's, that's All fair right. game. Zach takes O'Hearn. PV3 takes... <laughs> referring to himself in the third person as PV3. PV3. That's interesting. Takes Hayes. All right. We will see what happens with that. Um, the bet around. So last week, I told you all that I thought that the, the, to take the over on eight... I think it was eight and a half runs. Um, on eight and a half runs and minus 122. And Anthony Santander to record two plus hits at plus 200. Boy, was that stupid. Uh, because... The Orioles lost that game one to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the lowest one of the game driest possible. games of the year. Really. And Anthony Santander had one hit. He went one for four. The Orioles had three as a club, and he had one of them. No, they have four. I think as a club, he had one of them. Um, Griffin said to take Kyle Bradish at seven plus Ks at plus one sixteen. He pitched really well. Did he strike out eight? He struck out seven. He struck um, out seven. So Griffin missed. It was seven plus. Well, seven plus. So it's seven or plus, right? That's how that that's how that works, I believe. Is it? So I think that's a hit for uh, for Griffin. Oh, then maybe Griffin hits. Yeah, I mean seven plus means that it should be seven, seven or, or more. more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then Griffin hits. Griffin hits. Griffin hits. Good job, Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, my phone is jacked. We're not gonna do the bet around this week. Man, your phone got destroyed. I, I, uh, and <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you that I have the Galaxy Z Flip, mm-hmm. and. This is this is complete. This whole segment's going to be hating on folding phones, is what I'm predicting. Um, I've had this phone for a year and a half. It was cool for like a day. It was not. It was cool <laughs> for like a month. It was cool for like a month. But I, it's, I've had it for a year and a half, and it, it's a folding phone, which means the screen folds. Right. It's, you know what I mean. Crease so in the middle. It, there's a crease in the middle, and the 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 crease started to wear and wear and wear. Mm-hmm. I'm re- nothing happened yesterday. I didn't drop my phone yesterday. Yeah. Nothing happened. We're in a in a in a meeting in the conference room, and then I go back to my office and I try to text an agent who I'm waiting to see if a con- if a client is under contract. By the way, I'm a mortgage loan officer for First Home Mortgage. Call your boy if you're looking to get into a home. Um, <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, I'm sitting in my office trying to get, trying to get a hold of this agent, and I go to text her, and the screen is not responding to my to my swiping. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I try to restart my phone, and that won't happen. Then it looks like my like the the, cre- the crease in the middle is purple on the top and bottom of the crease. I'm like, mm. what? That's not that's new. So I cannot get my phone to work. So I have to leave work at three thirty yesterday because I'm like, this is gonna take me multiple hours. I go to a bunch of different stores, 
and it can't be fixed. The only thing I can do is a $99 um, insurance deposit, pay the, pay the deposit, and have them send me a new phone in the next 24 hours. The phone has been delivered since I've been on the show Who today. is this through? Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile? Ver- Ver- Verizon. Okay. It's the same with with any cell okay. phone company. Asherian has like a monopoly on the insurance, and yeah. it's a day. Um, and for some reason, if you're watching right now and you can see my phone, let me try and get up a, a bright screen here. If you hand it to me, I can put it in front of my camera. I'm a little closer. Let me get Well, and I don't know. So if you look, <laughs> this is what my phone oh, yeah, we can see looks like right now. Wow. That was not what it looked like when I when the problem started happening yesterday. My phone bled out internally. <laughs> it bled out wow. internally. That's it's this just started I'm driving from one store to the next yesterday and I opened my phone and I saw this expanding. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Luckily I the new phone is sitting in the hot sun on my front porch as we speak i gotta go and it's no. a galaxy z flip or it's yeah they sent me the same phone mm. um once it's paid off i'll be switching to something else but something that doesn't fold probably yeah well and then i got, I got blamed they're like yeah this phone was obviously dropped i'm like what are you talking well about? here's the thing i actually looked this up after you mentioned it because i've heard in the past that samsung puts a limit on how many times you can actually open and fold the phone and i couldn't i, I don't know what the actual limit is it's probably like Couple thousand, couple hundred thousand, I would assume, of how many times it can the screen will actually hold up. Maybe you hit the limit. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it was um Fold, folding, the, folding phones. Like it, it's a cool idea. I get why it is, but then again, if that's going to happen after a year and a half, that's like no, there's cool. no durability. It there. was cool. It's not cool. Not cool anymore. Uh, I the, I got tired of it after, like I said, after about a month. But the guy at the store, I'm not going to say. I can't remember his name. He was so. I was telling him this story. I'm dealing with some crap mm-hmm. with my cell phone carrier right now. I, like some, they screwed me. Yeah. Um, and like Richard, I'm, Richard at Verizon just has it out for you. Like just has uh, the, it out. His for His name's not Richard. <laughs> um, they screwed me over. Long story short, they were supposed to pay off my cell phone bill, and they didn't. When when I one of the stipulations for me to leave T-Mobile to come over to them was they were going to pay off my cell phone bill. They didn't. They didn't tell me that they didn't. T-Mobile didn't tell me they didn't. And then I got a collection on my credit report. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so mm. I've been for four and a half months dealing with this crap. And um, so I'm telling this guy the story, which is, if I told you the whole story, it would take about 10 minutes. And I've told it literally a hundred times in the last four and a half months. It's mentally and physically exhausting to tell the story. Mm-hmm. I'm telling this guy the story in the Verizon store. I could actually see his eyes closing. As I was telling him this story, and then at one point he was like looking at the crack in the screen. He goes, "Well, they're not going to do this because you see this back here. You've obviously dropped this." So then he blamed me for the screen breaking at the mm-hmm. crease of a folding phone. Right. And then he called me Bud. Oh yeah, that, you, you don't like that. He called me Bud. If you're my friend and you call me Bud, that's one thing. If you're a man speaking to another man and you refer to that man as sometimes I do it by accident. But it was clear that he was doing it to, to um, right. If you don't know the con- person, it's a little weird. He, he, he was like, he was like, all right, bud, I got. Let, let, let me try. And like, he's like 15 years younger than me. Yeah, yeah. The, This dude called me bud, and I. It was the way that he spoke to me, the way that he his dis, the disinterest on his face, and the fact that he called me bud. It was all I could do to not go off on this guy because you know what? I'd already gone off on. I'm not. I'm not a mean guy. <laughs> I don't just yell at people. When I've been lied to, it, to my face by 
four to five different customer service representatives over the last four and a half months, my patience is gone. Yeah. My patience has worn out. And then I'm sitting there in person with this guy, and he has the audacity to blame me to start to like fall asleep while I'm talking to him and then call me. And it wasn't buddy. It was buddy. Mm. To call me buddy. He's like, he's like, hang on, buddy. Uh, like, like, bro, bro. The disrespect. I felt, I, I was just like, when he told me, he was like, he's like, yeah, you're just going to have to give a hundred bucks or get a new phone and I, like, and buy a new phone. And I was like, all right, buddy. <laughs> anyway. No, you actually said, you said, all right, buddy. No, I was like, oh. I, just, I just got up and I left, mm. you know? And he was like, wait, you, you need your, your SIM card or your phone's not going to work, <laughs> buddy. Oh my! Come on, Pete at Verizon. Come on, what, what, come are, you on. Do, what are you doing? Uh, I turned around and said, "Pete, <laughs> I am an FBI agent." Yeah, we're full circle. Full Keanu, circle. Point like, break. Like, like the major. Do you have anything to do today? Uh, yes, I actually do have plans today. No, you don't. Shut Why? Up. No, you don't. You don't have plans. What do you? you, what do you have I mean, I'll, I'll. What do you have a girlfriend I'll, or something? Yes. You have a uh, stupid I'll, girlfriend. I'll watch this movie tonight. Actually, though, I, I will. I will. Ma- I will. I will make her watch it. Actually, let me see where Point Break is streaming. You can watch it on Pluto TV. You can watch. Oh, it. Pluto TV is, is is the one with the ads, right? Where you get the the ads in the middle. Yeah. Okay. You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video. Just look up what to watch. Oh, I have that. All right, that's yeah. perfect. Just look up what to watch. Point Break. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Not. I'll let you know. The one with the guy, the blonde. Not the one from like 2015. It has to be the 1991 version. You're gonna hate it. I know you're gonna hate it. I forced Laura to watch Mannequin with me last week. I saw that tweet. I love that freaking movie. Mm-hmm. It's nostalgia for me. That movie is so fun. And Kim Cattrall was, and she still is. She's a great looking woman. But Kim Cattrall in her in her twenties, chef's kiss, beautiful woman. AJ makes a great point. We should both be watching uh, Jackson Holiday win the Futures Game MVP tonight. So that's, that's true. That's, that's a good point. We should be. So should Point be. Break might have to wait. No. We, yes. <laughs> point Break. Oh. Then the Futures Game. Then Mannequin okay. to fall asleep to. There we go. My wife hated it. She said it's the worst movie she's ever seen. The worst movie I've ever seen is one that people actually like, but I, I hated it so much, is The Terminal. The Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal. Just one of the worst movies ever. Just really one of the worst. I don't hate that movie, but I can understand why people would. Oh my God, it was so stupid. I can understand why people would He's literally sitting in an airport for two and a half hours, and you see nothing happens. For two and a half hours, nothing happens. Like I could go sit myself a fountain. in an airport for two and a half hours and have a better time than than I had watching that movie. It was an awful movie, and it, one of my friends actually recommended it to me. And he said it's my favorite movie of all time. You've got to see the Tom Hanks movie. It's it's the Terminal or something like that. So bad, zero out of ten. Zero out of. Ten. We should start doing that. We should start our own podcast and just start reviewing movies. And I'll probably love half of them, <laughs> yeah, and you'll, pro- and, and you'll hate the ones I love, I, and I'll love the ones you hate. It has to be exciting for me. Like something actually has to like actually happen. Tom Hanks. Point me, Break is exciting. Can, I will tell you, Point Break is exciting. Can, can I read you the description of this movie, the the Terminal? While while Vi- Victor Navarosky, an Eastern European tourist, arrives at JFK in New York, war breaks out in his country and finds himself caught up in international politics. Because of the war, the Department of Homeland Security won't let him enter or exit the United States. He's trapped at JFK indefinitely. While living at the airport, Victor falls for a flight attendant. She may have feelings for him, too, but what good is love if Victor can't leave the terminal? 
<laughs> I'm laughing hard saying that because it's so stupid. What good is love if Victor good... can't live the terminal? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, this is 2004. This is supposed to be before they ran out of movie ideas, right? Like, this is before they ran out oh, of Oh, there's ideas. no original ideas, bro. They they ran out of movie ideas 30 years ago. The only good part about this movie is Stanley Tucci is a good actor. He's a good actor. Tom Hanks is a good actor, too, I guess. But Stanley Tucci is so mean to him in that movie, though. Yeah, he is. I mean, F for the part Stanley I paid, paid attention to. Yeah. Final and, thoughts. And, anyway, that's my final thought. The Terminal, horrible movie. Final thoughts. Um, enjoy the weekend, man. It, the Futures game tonight. The um, draft tomorrow. Home Run Derby Monday. All-Star game Tuesday. Y- your boys are going to be fr- – not your boys, not me and Zach, but Adley Rutschman <laughs> and Austin Hayes are going to be front and center. Yeah. Austin starting the All-Star game. Adley in the Home Run Derby. You might get to see the best closer in baseball, Felix Bautista. Yep. Close out the All Star Game, throwing to the best catcher in baseball, Adley Rutschman. It's going to be a hell of a of the next four days. I'm excited for it, even if I have to work in the restaurant tonight. It's a great restaurant. I just would rather watch the Futures Game, but I yeah. also like, would like or to or Point Break. You know, Point Break. One, one, ah, of, one of the two. Love Point Break. Love Point Break. I'm going to end things. Um, no, you know, I was going to do a monologue from Point Break. But I'll just I'll save it for you off the air. Oh, good. I'm yeah, looking yeah, forward to it. You, you get it. I'm you excited. It. And then you can watch the clip, and you can see, oh, my God, he got a word for word. I'm going to I'm gonna really try to make a make time to watch it this week. I'm going to try. Should. You should, man. You ha- it's, it's an hour and a half. I'll give you – how about I give you – try to watch it this week and give you a movie review next week on the show. Yes. Yes. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a rating and everything. Let's do it. Okay. I'm, you got to text I, me and remind me, though. I am so excited for this. Okay. I, am, <laughs> I bet I, you I, are. It says, I'll give you my movie review right now. Five stars, 10 out of 10, 12 out of 10. Point 12 break. out of 10, wow. Point break. Okay. Keanu, The Sways, okay. Gary Busey, John C. Riley, Lori Petty, Anthony Kiedis. Watch Point Break, my all-time favorite movie. Point right. made. Thank you to uh, Stan the Fan Charles for joining the show for his weekly segment. Thank you to Kyle Glazer for taking time out of his uh a uh, crazy schedule of Baseball America th- during this time of the year to speak with us. Another great segment from him. Thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, without you, we don't, we don't have a show. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you to Zach Goodman. Without you, I have to get another producer and learn to like him too. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> took you a while for me. It took him about a year and a half, and then we, we came uh, Guys, uh, enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun baseball through Tuesday. Uh, until next week, see ya!